0: Forever.
1: Dog. Hello and happy holidays. This is Brett, one of the co-founders of the Forever Dog Podcast Network. And on behalf of everyone here at Forever Dog, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for listening to our shows this year. Thank you for taking the time to write a review and recommend us to your friends. Thank you for subscribing to bonus content on Patreon, for buying merch, for coming to a live show, for everything you do to support Forever Dog and make this network feel like a community We are amazed, we're grateful, and we appreciate you. And if right now you're saying, I didn't do any of those things, and I don't know what the hell Forever Dog is, well, hi, welcome. Forever Dog is the network that produces this podcast that you're subscribed to, and we've got lots more where that came from. In 2018, Forever Dog produced 30 podcasts, as well as two limited series. You'll find us mostly under comedy, but we also have must-listen shows for TV and film fanatics, baseball fans, spiritualists and mystics, listeners of music, book readers, laundry aficionados, theme park aficionados, politics junkies, failures, shop tea droppers, health nuts, and anyone with a commute and or desk job. So to celebrate the past year at Forever Dog, we've put together a clip show that highlights some of the best moments from our podcasts. And if that doesn't sound like your cup of tea, no worries. Your favorite podcast will be back next week or the week after with brand new episodes. But if you're looking for something new to subscribe to in 2019 or for some killer back catalogs to binge during your holiday, travels, then please stay tuned because we've got a lot of fun stuff coming your way next. I should also add that if you subscribe to multiple Forever Dog podcasts, we will be releasing this same episode on all our feeds this week. So let me just apologize ahead of time for the repetition, but we think this is a really fun episode and we want as many people as possible to hear it. Oh, and if you want to follow up on any of the shows presented in this episode, you can find them all at foreverdogpodcasts.com. You can also subscribe to them on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And you can follow us, Forever Dog, on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team. Okay, let's get started with the best of Forever Dog 2018! Our first podcast up is one that Vulture called, quote, a scathing, absurdist, intersectional, radical, feminist alt podcast. It's called A Woman's Smile. It's hosted by two of the most innovative performers working in comedy right now, Patty Harrison and Laura Ramirez. And the following clip comes from a special futuristic episode of the podcast entitled A Woman's Smile is Spaceship.
2: Welcome to A Woman's Smile, Smile, Smile. With your host Lorelai... and Patty Ha ha ha
3: This is a year thirty thousand fifty fifty thousand Our consciousnesses have been loaded into a hard drive in the sky in the cloud and now we are a robot And now
2: as Patty said so eloquently we are robot I am still the same as I was before, still fat, still big. And still I am balding, naked, naked on the show, balding, naked, sad, horny, horny.
3: Yes, it is really bad, we don't have body, but still those things did not change about Lorelei's consciousness. Apparently
2: you can put consciousness in another big fat body, a big fat balding body, still when you move on to a different form of consciousness, you are the ugliest one.
3: Sometimes pain follows you wherever you go. And even in my consciousness, people still debate whether I'm a man or a woman. It is true. And it is actually funny that you bring that up. No, it hurts. Because still, I question you. No, 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 Yes, no, yes, yes, no. yes, 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 yes. Let's no. get into it. What you have been thinking about... I have been thinking about my husband. He is at home in my mind. In our consciousness, we live in a chip. In our chip, we have an amazing bathroom. Our bathroom has two sinks. I wish I could also have a chip too. You'll have a chip soon. You are so much data, you don't fit in a chip. They do not yet to make a chip big enough to hold all your data. This is not fair.
2: I uploaded my consciousness so I could be free of my body. Ha ha ha. But not. I am still in my body. Still big and fat and ugly. Why? Let's talk about something else. So, Lorelai, what have you been thinking about? I have been thinking about... maybe one day. Oh no. Oh no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 Yes, yes, yes. I have been thinking about how beautiful it would be one day to finally have a soulmate.
3: I think that you are a wonderful minded in person Lorelai. I think it will happen for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, I think that when you put yourself out there, it really does make me... All the different people need to know the real we'll, you. I am sorry. I, my consciousness is getting a little bit bigger by the second. That is okay. You should demonstrate self control. You should demonstrate self control. <laughs> One of my favorite things to do is sit on the pot inside my ship and take big ones. That is funny to me. Ah,
2: that is funny to me. Ah, remember when we used to be in our bodies, and I would go over to your husband when he was broken,
3: and I would take care of him. Yes, and I took my dance class. My dance class was an amazing place where I bonded with many women. To look like me, they were just like me. They were white. They were five nine. They were one hundred ten. Pounds. They were thin like me. They loved to dance to hip-hop tracks, contemporary music at the time. Like Charlie X.E.X. You sound sad. When you talk about those things, you sound sad. I am not. I am not sad. I look back fondly at those days at my dance class with my white girlies. My skinny white girls. We drank skinny white wine after. Skinny bitch. Wine it was my favorite. I know you miss that life we had. But this is for the better now,
2: now, now. I love
3: you, you,
4: you, you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Are
2: you having a mack- no, bowel <laughs> <laughs> <Little
4: blue bar, laughs> movement? to me, to me.
1: This next clip comes from a new podcast that premiered on forever dog in October called the American arts and culture review. It's hosted by Clay Tatum and Whitmer Thomas of beloved LA comedy outfit, power violence. And together with friends, Bud Anthony Diaz and Rodney Berry, they review the latest in film TV, high fashion music and art accompanied throughout by a live soundtrack of jazz pop standards. The clip you're about to hear comes from an episode entitled The Favorite, Widows, and Lars von Trier and features a very special guest, critically acclaimed filmmaker Lars von Trier.
5: We uh, – we, uh oh, crap. I was supposed to we, do something that I didn't do. Do did you have a special guest? Yeah, we have a very special guest. <laughs> um, he what came here all the way from foreign – one place <laughs>
6: from a different country for
5: sure really? yeah he just he flew direct- all the way from there yeah uh <laughs> he just a directed a new film called the house that jack built um bud would you mind going in and letting him in
7: clay you're closer you just let him open no up? it'd be best if bud went okay, buddy okay, buddy, bud buddy you went. have to go okay right.
8: later bud and there he goes he's getting him right okay. now <clears throat> so
9: uh okay and he's coming in and uh, and and He's coming yeah. in and he's, he's sitting oh, he's down. he's gonna sit down. He's ah. sitting down right now. Wow, this is amazing. This is so
5: good. Hey, Hi! Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, hello. Okay, uh, Lars, so, um, what?
10: Glad so, to be here!
5: So, what's some, uh, what reasons we should see here? Did you see
10: my film?
5: I haven't no, seen it yet. What's Whoa. it about? What's it about?
10: The house that Jack built!
5: Okay. I don't know what's that about. What's that about?
10: Kevin Dillon! Okay. He's a murderer!
5: Okay, good. <laughs> no, he can go in more detail. Anyway.
10: you got to see my film.
5: Yeah, what is
6: it about? In
10: theaters now. Is it? Yeah.
6: Okay, so. Select theaters. Okay, so what's. Not a, all of them. What happens in the movie?
10: He's on the road. Okay. In a car. Okay. Don't get in his car. you got to see my film.
6: Okay. I can milk this for a little
5: longer.
10: Yeah.
5: And then Okay. What so that's what it's about? Yeah. Okay. Um, Did and- you see it? Well, this is your idea. How about you take take the wheel here? Uh. So, what's uh? Where, where are you from? What got you into making movies?
10: I'm foreign.
5: Yeah. We're, what, got <laughs> okay, what got you into making movies? God <laughs> yeah, What got you into making movies? What got you? What got you into making movies? Lars? A camera. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. And what about I the bu-
10: camera? I bought... Bu- <laughs>
5: What about the camera about made the camera you thing? into the I camera?
10: I a camera.
5: This is so good.
10: And as a boy, uh-huh. as a boy, I bought a camera.
5: Yeah. Okay. I was young. Yeah.
10: How old were you? Uh-huh. Three.
5: Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's what made you decide? Yeah. yeah. And so you bought a camera and then you decided, I'm going to make films. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, so recently you've made all kinds of great films. What's no. your favorite film that you've
11: made? But besides the newest one. Okay. Yeah, because it's about <laughs> depression. So,
5: so that film is about uh, depression. Yeah. Uh, would you say that you've ever suffered from depression yourself?
11: Oh yeah,
5: actually, Lars. So, what do you do when you're depressed? Mars, what's your remedy, Lars? Yeah. You, well, let me just—I have a I'm, my headphones are broken. And yeah. I can barely hear you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can go a little louder. Yeah. So what is your?
10: Oh, right.
5: <laughs> so what's uh? What do you what is your, what yeah. you? So you've struggled with depression? Oh yeah. So what's a remedy that you yeah. would recommend to I someone did. who's dealing with depression?
10: Oh. Make movies. <laughs> make make movies. <laughs> Buy a camera. Make yeah. a movie. Okay.
5: okay. Now yeah. Lars while while promoting the mm. film Melancholia yeah. You came under fire for um, no. telling everyone that you're a Nazi. Yeah. So how do you,
10: you won't stop talking? So.
5: So uh, do you redact those statements now or?
10: No, you don't. No. What? I not what I said. I meant it. So, I make films. <laughs> in theaters now. No, that's not what I asked. <laughs> My film is in theaters now. <laughs> that was
5: No, but when being interviewed a few years ago, yeah. you told everyone that you're a Nazi. Yeah. Do you regret saying that? or was No. That... Okay, so wh- why don't you regret it?
10: I don't know. I, you know, I... <laughs> it, 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 you're so good at this. I don't... Okay, okay. <laughs> Okay. Here's, okay. Here's the thing.
5: Here's the thing.
10: The house that Jack built... Love. The house that Jack built in theaters now! Okay, so
5: you're not going to answer. No! I Why? I... I'm embarrassed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media?
10: Find me Lars Andre on Twitter and yep. Lars Andre on
5: Instagram. Yep. Yep. <laughs> What's your email? Email <laughs> Lars
10: Trier at <laughs> Lars Okay. Cool. Great. Thank
5: you.
1: Next up is the wonderfully witchy Beyond, the only podcast we've ever produced that may have altered the fabric of space and time. In Beyond, self-proclaimed energy expert Mike Kelton seeks to solve his and his friend's real-life problems by supernatural means. Instead of going to a therapist, Mike goes to mediums, ghost hunters, cult leaders, healers, astrologers, and, in this clip, a witch. This is from the episode entitled Witchcraft, the Goathead, and it features Mike's friend, Lisa P. from the Bronx, consulting a witch about the dark energy surrounding her boyfriend's ex.
12: So I go on the trip. I didn't say anything. Like, I don't know. I never cried. I didn't shed a tear. I was just like, okay, come back. And I'm like, what now? So I go back to her again. And, you know, she went through it again and said, she's not pregnant. She's not pregnant. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, what can I do to, like, make this stop? Like, she's, like, a menace. She, she This woman is a menace. She's menacing my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't go on. Like, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to break up with him. But mm-hmm. then there's a competitive side of me that's also, like, down with this bitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Rahina was like, oh, well. I said, well, can I light up, like, a candle in my apartment and, you know, do something? Or there's different remedies and different types of cleanses. And she was like, oh, no, no. Mm-mm. For this, you need to do something big. Well, it's a revocation. It's called a revocation. Yeah, like okay. in Spanish, it's a revocation. Mm-hmm. So I had to do a revocation. So I was like, whatever, I'm I'm down. I'm down. Like, let's, what's Let's up? revocate. She made me, I had to bring a photo mm-hmm. of this individual. And she said, okay, I have to work on it for seven days. Most things in this... Tradition are in the numbers of three, seven, or 21. Mm -hmm. So I think she had to work on it for seven days. Then I had to come pick up the finished product on a Monday because this is the day of the like guardian of the cemetery.
13: Give us what happens when you show up after the seven days on the Monday. What's what goes down?
12: She went into the kitchen, into the freezer, and pulled out a plastic bag that was, you know, the size of like a bread basket. Um, and she hands me like a frozen goat head. <laughs> <laughs> so in the goat heads, mouth, in the goats, mouth, but hold, it feels hold on, very, hold, on okay.
13: hold on, Lisa P. <laughs> Hold on. She gives you the goat head. What is your first thought?
12: Sometimes when you go into these types of places, there's just the way that I am. Even sometimes in certain churches, I, I feel like currents the yes. Spanish is yes. like corrientes you know uh-huh. like currents it feels it felt very um ritualistic it uh-huh. felt very spiritual you're like did. in flow with the goat head I was like in flow I love it I wasn't like what is this mm-hmm. oh my god ha- laughing
13: you were no, like this is all
12: I'm all in and this is part of it that
13: makes sense to me also I'm like all in. you have to be I if you're going in. to a person's kitchen <laughs> in Washington nights and getting a goat head you gotta be all in
12: <laughs> I was all in it gets crazier okay I mean, she didn't tell us what she did, but my friend who was with us, she, you know, again, is the person who introduced me to Reina. And she was like, oh, look, you know, there's coffee grounds in the mouth. The picture was rolled up and stuffed. And uh, my friend told me, she's like, this is all to shut her up. This is to get her to shut up. And there were other things I'm sure that were done as well. So we had to take the goat head and bury it in a cemetery that night. It has to be done on a Monday. This Monday. Uh It had to be done. And this was already like six o'clock. And this is December. So it's pitch. It's pitch dark. It's pitch dark. Okay, so the only cemeteries that are in northern Manhattan are completely gated off at this point and Mm -hmm. locked and they have cameras on them and people get arrested for trying to go in there because more people do this than you think. For example, if you were to look up goat heads... In Prospect Park, you will find so many stories about what has been going on with Goatheads in Prospect Park. Are you serious? <laughs> yes.
13: So, of course, we had to research this. And guess what, everyone? It absolutely checks out. There are so many articles about Goatheads in Prospect Park and also many other parks in the tri state area. And we will include those links in the description of this podcast for some light, fun reading
1: after you finish the app. We've been huge fans of this next podcast for a long time, so we were very honored when they joined Forever Dog this year. It's Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood, hosted by Gerard Milligan, James III, and Jonathan Braylock. One of the best movie review podcasts out there, Black Man Can't Jump was selected for Best of 2018 lists from The A.V. Club, Vulture, and Relevant, and the following clip comes from their award-winning episode on the film Black Panther.
14: If people are into Marvel, I don't know, but like, you know when Infinity War comes, like, characters have to die, and like, Usually they'll kill characters that are more secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I'm like yo, if one of these people die like, I'm oh, going to be upset. Oh, I'm like, going like, to be legitimately sad and upset because we really came to grow and love all of them. Quick too, man. So much so that I would say, like, my only gripe with this movie was I was so sad that Michael B. Jordan had to die, even though I know he did.
15: I don't think he did, man. That's my that's my, I, only, gripe that's my only gripe with the movie. That's my only gripe like, with the movie because
16: I was like, yo, this
14: dude was amazing. And you set it up so that he didn't have to die. You set up the lot mm-hmm. the internal logic in the film so that they could have saved him with the science and like
15: I thought he was gonna be like yeah. um Loki. I thought you know, he was going to be. i saying. I thought he was going to be Loki. I'm very my but only. But the gripe way that was, he died. Yes. Yes. Was the lines. Perfect. Yo. The lines. The li- were, yo. How he it died? It was perfect.
17: How it he was. that was so. It really geeky. was. It and really it makes was. sense.
14: It makes sense. It makes. Like, I
0: like. I didn't want him sense. to die either, and then he said that line, and I was like, "This is
18: perfect."
15: Same here. And he just. <laughs> and he just did it. Like, but also, uh, yo, this movie. This, so yeah. Okay, okay. I, I think this is perfect. Let's we start. can talk about is like, just to hit on Ryan Coogler real quick, is oftentimes we, we we have this discussion on whether or not a white person can direct a movie about like the black experience, right? Right. And I know sometimes we try, we're like we're really polite and we're really like you know, maybe they can if they know, but I think the nuances that this brother created in this movie, for instance, that because he co-wrote it, so Ryan Coogler co-wrote it for people who don't know, that line. About uh no, so what, I can be locked up? No, just throw me in the ocean like my ancestors did when they were jumping off uh the boats cause they knew it was better to die than be um, in prison for the rest of their life right. or something like that. It's like, bruh. Like every first off, everything that um freaking um 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 Sterling K. Brown said at the top of the movie about why he wanted this movie right. isn't about like it's about like the world, but it's really about like ideology. Like, yo, I've seen black people butchered. I've seen how people yeah. view them, and we have a chance to make them strong and powerful. And we're not. That is literally what the conflict of this movie is: Do you help right. your brothers and sisters or not?
14: What are you doing? Why are we saving our? Are we just going to hoard and save our resources for? It's so funny. Like as like, somebody who's Christian, there was there like a lot of spiritual. Oh, was oh, the whole time movie, the whole movie? I was just thinking about that so much. Like this idea of like you know, there's a that verse in the Bible where there's a song. Like don't uh it, if you have a light don't hide it under a bushel like go let it shine on the top of a mountain right mm-hmm. like let my let your little light shine yeah. that's the song like let your my little oh, yeah. light shine the idea is that if you have a light don't hide it and use it for yourself you should let it shine so others can see the mm-hmm. light and that's uh, wh- exactly what Wakanda is it's like mm-hmm. this bright shining city in the center in the heart of Africa that is kept hidden and. The main conflict and theme of this movie is like, are we going to keep this hidden for ourselves or do we have a responsibility to the rest of the world, especially the rest of people of color in these in these nations, surrounding nations that are suffering and that we know we could help and we're not helping mm-hmm. to protect ourselves, you That's know? That's the
15: crust of the movie. It's not some giant invader trying to take over the world. I mean, I guess it kind of is. I mean, not an invader, but it's like... Something that's so real to black people. Like, I'm on the thread right now with my boys from back home, and it's like 10 of us on this thread. And literally, the whole discussion has been since Trump has been in office, especially this year in particular, um, of what can people of color do to help more? Like, what, basically, it's like, what should we be doing? Like, we know we got to do something. Like, yeah, we can vote and we have been voting, but it's more, right? And the whole movie, the idea behind the movie is like, what else? Like, what do we do? And I thought that was just a genius way to do it. It made it more grounded to me than most superhero movies are because it was something that was. Uh, like something that people can relate to, and also we still had a villain. I feel like a lot of times when it's a black superhero, he's fighting like the crime boss or the drug dealer on the block or something like that. Right. Whereas this, he still had a true villain. Um, but he also has something that just meant something personal. You know, I bruh. And then Ryan Coogler again. Ryan Coogler has. Three movies all have over 90% of Rotten Tomatoes. And you know, I hate quoting Rotten Tomatoes. But the go from Fruitvale Station, which was set in Oakland, which he added this character back in Oakland, right. and I feel like he did that on purpose, but that's just me. Like, he had that movie. Oh, to he go from did that to purpose. Creed, it's like, this young black man, 31, 32? Yeah. Like, young young black man has now changed the way a lot of black people even view themselves. And I'm like, and he wasn't yeah. rich. Like, this wasn't a rich black brother. Right. Like... He is, he is from Oakland. Like he grew up with not that much and mm-hmm. like my man has he shown went to USC. He like that is the American dream if you want to be real. Yeah. He inspired... He yo, my man will not only inspire black people around this country, but he's going to inspire like mad people he's of just color around.
14: He's bro. He's, also, he's just inspiring filmmakers. Yeah, it's that like too. come on man, like <laughs> he's oh my just God. a great filmmaker.
15: Just this past
1: week, we sadly said goodbye to one of the original Forever Dog podcasts, one of our all-time faves, The Book of Ye, hosted by Rob Hayes and Chris Daniels. For the past two and a half years, Rob and Chris have been journeying through the Kanye West canon song by song while also trying to make sense of every twist and turn of Kanye's career. Even though the podcast is over, The Book of Ye leaves behind an incredible back catalog of episodes that are well worth revisiting, including so many great moments. In particular, Rob and Chris were really at their best when they were unpacking the controversial and problematic public lives of our most iconic pop stars, whether it be Kanye himself or in this clip from the episode Hell of a Life with guest Gordon Baker Bone. Lord.
7: Don't pull a Lord. We're not talking about, <laughs> we're not talking about, we're not going to talk about Whitney Houston like that. All right, like all, right that. all right,
18: all right, cool. Get all your all right. apology tweets ready, though. Yeah, I definitely. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, uh sorry, Mr. J. <laughs> talk about, he apologized to the Joker. Okay. She'll, <laughs> she'll never be a royal, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, wait, why don't you don't like Roy, Lord?
7: Because what she said, uh she posted a picture of a bathtub. That was an about, accident, And though. I will always love you. How's that an
18: accident? What That is not How an is accident. How is that an accident? That is not an accident. How is, is that an accident? A Come on, oh, What's a
7: bathtub in the bodyguard? Come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> ain't no bathtub in the bodyguard. That's...
18: Mm-mm. What does Lord got to pull that for? I I don't yeah, know. That's a good Ask question. Lord. Bad coincidence. That's not she, bad. You know you what? Know, no, I'm on your side now, Rob. Yeah, yeah you can't come disrespect. on, come man. On, you can't disrespect nah. like that. Nah. You think she blatantly went out? To you district. know what? That's, she was. The I only, will always love all... you. In a picture of a bathtub, that's I, a blatant I, 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 shot. She will wanted to take you. a bath. <laughs> <laughs> okay, scrub a dub in the tub is a good <laughs> no No, it's not. Nobody, nobody sings that. Nobody's got rubber dub, dub plant. So, okay, you claim a for the Lord now. How old, is, yep. how, how old is <laughs> exactly. how, how old is Lord? She old enough now to know to old do that shit. Old enough to have Wikipedia. <laughs> Come on, man. Old what? enough to have Google. Why would she be on a laptop in the tub? She, I, I recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm <just> see, <laughs> now, See? now, now, see what happens. Right, no, <laughs> could be on a blueberry, on a blackberry, <laughs> in a tub. She could be on a laptop. She could have a
7: laptop to the side. I don't understand. I don't understand why she did that. If it, how is that not an accident?
18: I said it was. A tub, and I said the it, tubs all the way full. You, you, full. You, no, you are saying it's not an accident. Yeah. So we're I, asking you how is how it how did an accident did She make an accident, accident with that. Come on, did you say it's the wrong line? She wrong girl. Want to take a bath? Like, it makes you know why I say it's an accident because it makes no sense for it not to be. What? How? That's what a blatant uh, shot! That is. You were first of all, first of all, first of all. Lord is one of them dark
7: people, hair in front of the face. Yep. Which is in the video. First of all, mm-hmm. so to make a joke or a reference to how somebody died doesn't seem off for her. Second of all, you just saying that because she looks she like put the girl I, who fell out I, of the well. I I, I I will always love you. Now, two eyes might have been Dolly Parton, but we all know only Whitney Houston can pu- pull off that third consecutive
18: eye. You That's know very what I'm true. Very true. That's North song. What right is there. what is the song about? Hmm? What is the song about? Kevin Costner. Yeah, it's about her. What her? <laughs> duh, duh. <laughs> the motherfucking song's about love. The okay. girl loves taking back. No. Get out of here. The girl here. taking baths. Get out of here. What, what, Are you really? serious? Really? What is is going on why the internet. Is, why is, <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? First of all, I, I, I fucking hate, I hate y'all for making me have to like, defend Lord. I just, <laughs> put put was, this at the front of the podcast. podcast. <laughs> keep Sani Lathan at the front of the podcast. No. scratch that. <laughs> I hate that I'm going equally as high for Sani Lathan Lord in yeah. the same 40 minutes. She just loves Baths and she was singing her, she was professing her love. I don't, not but only professing it, come you, on, man. it a picture you know what, of I'm a man. I don't want to go into her because y'all going to her unnecessarily. It makes <laughs> unnecessarily. no, it makes no <laughs> it's sense. It's Whitney Houston. It makes no sense to be mad because you, no, but you're saying. Pebbles. You're saying. She that, got multiple hits. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying there was bad intent behind it. Or funny intent. It was probably she was trying to be funny. That's the worst joke ever. It is. That's why they had to get out Yeah,
7: Lord ain't got no Netflix special.
18: (laughs) Come on. You got to show me the precedent of Lord making jokes about dead people. That's what made this upsetting. Not surprising, but upsetting.
7: Because Lord was like somebody that we never have a problem with. You know what I'm saying? Lord was the only white person this year nominated for best album, album of the year, and she ain't say nothing crazy. She ain't had no crazy captions. Like we was cool with Lord. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, you got a ledger, fucking keeping up with Lord. What I'm saying Not is this I'm I saying prior to this, uh, we've board. never had an issue with Lord. <laughs> but Check now off, I'm Lord. looking at Lord like, all right, now Lord. You know your name is Lord. It already <laughs> makes me feel funny saying it. No, I got an E on it. It has an E on it, but when you say it, you can't you hear the yeah, E. Yeah, you don't have an E. I'm whose saying, fault man. is that? Like, she should pronounce it Lordy. I'm just saying. Oh, Lordy. Yeah.
18: Lordy? Y'all, Lordy, tr- Lordy? y'all yeah. trigger yeah. Now, Lordy can speak on <laughs> Whitney Houston, but not Lord. You think she got a career if her name is Lordy? Yeah. yeah. Lordy. Lordy is the one who's singing Rubber dub dub I definitely would never say her name if her name was Lordy. Y'all listen to that new Lordy? What I the would, fuck? Nah, I, I wouldn't mess with Lordy. <laughs> Lordy, cool. Lordy. A Lordy. I call her Lordy. Lordy sound like a SoundCloud rapper. Fuck
7: that. I don't know about canceled because they be like, so and so is canceled. Then they just be selling all the records. So <laughs> we ain't going to cancel her, but we just going to put it to the side. Y'all yeah.
18: ain't stopping Lord from selling records. I know.
7: But I, I'm not going to listen no more.
18: Especially after that, when it, when I didn't, when know, that bath, know, I didn't gonna, know that bathtub what? thing, man.
7: We gotta be secretive because you know Spotify don't like to count stuff when people organize too too loudly. <laughs> the next time some Lord come out, we all gonna stream. I think, I think
18: that I y'all, dance y'all are a fringe group. I ain't not see that many people get upset about this. Yes. I saw it. Every the context that I was presented, look at this mistake Lord made. Not y'all, see, you like y'all see what the fuck Lord did? Like see the kind of stuff. That they that they got you saying because her name is Who Lord. The fuck Look is at that? the mistake
7: that Lord made. It's the sentence you just said because her name is Lord. I'm gonna find out her real name and call her that.
18: That's what I'm gonna do. What if it's Lord Lord Day. I'm
1: calling Lord, Lord Day. Day. She's Lord, Lord Day. Day. Look that's at the a, mistake Lord Day made. That's better than Lordy. <laughs> What were you over in 2018? What were you sick of? What were you done with? That's the question that Derek Katz and Betsy Kenny put to their guests every week on Done. Named one of the best new podcasts of 2018 by Refinery29... Dunn features some truly cathartic moments like this one from the episode Natural Beauty Products, Marfa, Texas, and Whimsy.
19: Oh, my God. So, Darren and I just got back from a trip, and I ripped one on
20: the plane. <laughs> I'm so oh sorry. Oh, and this was not I only like a say this Boeing. this because it was notable. This was like a Boeing 747. <laughs> this was like a tiny one. Like, the pilot was right in front of me, and like, one family was flying it with us. And I was trying to cover your ass because the dad I knew was onto you. He knew you ripped one. <laughs> I know. Wait, so I did it and it was truly so loud it sounded like a whoopee cushion. I couldn't stop. And laughing. then I couldn't stop laughing that I had text Dara. It was right before we went I off. I didn't hear it. It smelled like it smelled like we all together fell into a drainage. Death ditch. was coming for us. Yeah. Death was coming Death had come and now we were rotting in it and there were worms. It was- it was a small death. I thought it was the, of death, well, it was out the funniest out of everyone's thing. Everyone's eyeballs.
19: <laughs> 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 we truly couldn't stop laughing. And right before that, we were taking so many pictures, like on the tarmac, because it was <laughs> truly one of those planes. And the guy, this guy, was so mad, and he didn't know why. He goes, "This isn't a place for fun." And then we were like, "He
20: got on the plane." I'm like shitting my pants, but it's just air.
19: <laughs> I mean, this—we're th-
20: never allowed back. No, that dad, because that dad had. Two daughters sitting in front of him, who you yeah. thought were cute, I thought were obnoxious. Yeah, and I was going to yell at their asses, but then you <laughs> you let that fart go, and I couldn't. You took away any leverage I had for the rest of the flight. And then we couldn't stop laughing about the <laughs> fart.
21: And it, it's truly gross.
19: It's it's immature.
20: Yeah, it's, it's immature. not funny.
19: Okay, fine, um, fine.
1: When this next podcast joined Forever Dog for season three of their absolutely iconic show, we could not have been more thrilled. It's Food for Thought, hosted by Dennis Norris II, Joseph Osmondson, Tommy Pico, and Fran Torado, a multiracial mix of queer writers who talk about sex, relationships, race, identity, what they like to read, and who they like to read. And after you listen to the following clip from their season three premiere episode, She's Arrived, please make sure to go online to the iHeartRadio Podcast Awards site and vote for Food for Thought for Best LGBTQ Podcast. You guys ready? (laughs)
22: <laughs>
1: Welcome to Season 3 of Food for Thought,
22: Get out. a podcast, gab are in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, identity, mm. culture, <laughs> what we like to read, and who we like to read.
23: Fran just fell out of his <laughs> chair. I'm still recovering from that <laughs> bone-chilling laugh. <laughs> like... Waking up the souls of thousands of thoughts of yesteryear. Sex me so good. I say, blah, summoning blah, blah, them like it's some blah. fucking. It's it's like slutty Pandora's box, just unleashing all these slutty demons Sluts coming back true. from the grave. <laughs> Proof for Thought, where every day is cheat day. Yes. <laughs> mm.
22: I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. I'm an indigenous American poet, screenwriter, and my fourth book is coming out in fall 2019, proving Ooh. once and for all four books in four
23: years, I am, in fact, that bitch. Yes. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> I'm Fran. I'm a writer, editor, and my drag queen name is Virginia Slim, but my drag king name is Girth Brooks. Oh, no.
4: <laughs> oh my God. Oh. I believe oh, there's You're a- straight? Are you straight <laughs>
23: <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I Jigs up. It's been three seasons. I've been straight the whole time. What if that was actually the rumor? Oh, oh, my God. She loves the twist. She lives for the drama, mama. <laughs> I have never seen you suck dick personally, so who knows? Oh, I know. I am Joseph and <laughs> Obviously, you did not get that sex <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's- my publicists are doing a great job. That is what you're telling me. <laughs> a scientist, nonfiction writer, total top, as always, mm-hmm. and the food for thought originator of sticking out your tongue in pictures. Oh my God, that's not true. That is so it. true. I did it first. <laughs> Find me the receipt. <laughs> Slander. Slander. I will never forgive either of you for Slanders. that. I invented so it. So gross. Ned um, And hi guys, I'm back.
4: Yes. I'm Dennis. <laughs>
23: reader, writer, former figure skater, and... It is my life's work to work Michelle Kwan into every conversation. You're doing a great every job, day. sweetie. You're doing a great job, also, sweetie. A plus, <laughs> dear reader, let's replay that uh, Dennis' intro with the context that we have deemed Dennis with the affect of a YouTuber, a white YouTuber, <laughs> a white, like, makeup tutorial YouTuber that's like, hey, guys. Gucci. How's it going? This is my unboxing oh my video. I am. <laughs> so tired, you guys. Let's do this anyway. Uh-huh. Listen, you can, you can take the Becky out of the valley, but you can't take the valley out of the Becky. That is an oh uncanny God. valley. <laughs> Who wants to tell us what we got on the menu this I week? I got it, everybody. This week, all of us fuck Rihanna. We give good advice from at least one doctor. Mm. It's me. Uh, <laughs> is it? We conclusively decide that Mimi isn't a diva. Not anymore. Fuck you, Fran. Oh my And God. we knock on the window pane of one of the greatest voices um, of all time take it away <laughs> i'm
22: feeling a little peckish God, so let's I hate start us. the top of this show the way any good top should with the little tease our uproarious <laughs> appetizer segment
23: amuse boosh and to amuse
22: our booshes today Fran got a little game for us.
23: That's right. So the theme of today's episode is divas. So it only makes sense to gamify the meat of this episode with a healthy little (laughs) helping of Bone Block Bench. I'm game. Uh, Diva's edition. Such a good copy, Fran. I know, right? (laughs) Diva's edition. So if you're not familiar with our um, game, which we coined and created very originally, Bone Block Bench is pretty much the exact same thing as Mary Fuck Kill, um, but Thoughtified. So Mm. Bone means you like you need them. You gotta have them. Like even if it's just for one night, like you just gonna fuck their brains out. Bench is like you wanna like you you're gonna put them on the sidelines. Like maybe you wanna play the long game with them. Like that doesn't mean like they're out of your life forever, but like you wanna put them on the bench. Mm-hmm. And block is like what happens after all of Joe's Tinder matches go on one date with him. <laughs> um, no,
4: that's report. Ah! <laughs>
23: I'm bone 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 and they're block block block. <laughs> oh, um and so baby. another disclaimer here. I will not be playing softball. There are no easy, there are no easy balls that I will be throwing <laughs> That's at just, you today.
22: I'm, okay, I'm out. I'm see you guys
13: later. I, there have been
1: too many entendre. So. Dan Gill and Eric Dorian have been through it all on their podcast, Groomzillas. They've planned their weddings. They've gotten married. They've watched the Dodgers lose two consecutive World Series. And they've talked to tons of amazing guests about love, marriage, and the whole damn thing. The following clip comes from Dan and Eric's live stream of one of 2018's most memorable events, the royal wedding of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Recorded simultaneously in L.A. and Baltimore in the wee hours of the morning, here they are, the Groomzillas
24: and forsaking all others be faithful to him as long as you both shall live i will nailed it and will you the family this is
25: going faster than, than i thought it
26: would Harry
24: and yeah ben,
25: they want to get the show
26: on the road support
24: and uphold them in their marriage now and <clears throat> in the years to come <laughs> We will. As we I stand, will. let us pray for Harry and Meghan.
25: Hey, um, I'm going to pray for Harry and Meghan with them. Are you praying?
26: No, I don't believe in God.
24: God, our Father. God, I don't our believe Father. in their, their God. That's From the beginning, for you sure. have blessed creation with abundant life. Pour out your blessings upon Harry and Meghan. That Charles they on his may phone again be joined in mutual yeah. love and companionship. I'm telling you, he's on his gambling app and commitment to each other. He was he's got gambling. His, he's got his phone hidden we in his hand. We ask this up. through our Lord Jesus Christ your son who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit. Whoa. One God now and forever. Amen.
25: That was a strong prayer.
26: Judging from the way Harry's been acting, I think the edible hit about halfway down the aisle when he was walking with William
14: Okay
4: my And I think he's really starting to swing out What is going on? My love, look at that, look at that train Look at that veil look at,
26: look at British oh. For now, Who the is this reading? Is past. Do we know who this the is? The
4: is over and gone like looks like, appear looks like on the Camilla's earth. mom The time of singing has come
25: that's Camilla's
4: mom? It looks like. Doesn't it? They I all am. look the
26: same to me, honestly.
4: The fig tree puts forth its figs, and the vines are in blossom.
26: That's mm. why it's such so, a big deal fragrance. that Megan is in the royal family. Arise,
4: knows. my love, my fair one, and come We're away. Oh, now figs. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love Herry is. Strong as is death.
27: Flying Action. right now, totally. Gone. <laughs> he is so <laughs>
4: high. <laughs> the <animal laughs> it's so it's hard. Many waters Is he wearing the
25: Nazi uniform underneath his uniform?
4: If one offered Do you think he still has it? No, all the I don't think he does. Of one's house, but he did it at one point. Wear it. I like. Th-
25: I like sitting down. Who
26: is this broad talking about floods and figs, man? This is
25: bumming me out. Um, that was Harry's Harry, Harry first. is was Harry's <laughs> first girlfriend. <coughs> I hear whoever Har-
26: that, whoever Her- that was, just terrified Harry. Yeah. Is Seal gonna sing or what?
25: Seal is gonna sing. Seal's doing two songs, I believe.
26: He's only got one. Does this remind you of the wedding from Love Actually at all? This part kind of does, doesn't it?
25: The choir? The
26: yeah.
25: Is there a choirs in Love Actually?
26: The boy choir. Yeah, in the in the in the in the first wedding.
25: Oh, when they're singing "All You Need Is Love" with the trombones.
26: Yeah. yeah. Oh come on.
25: What? What? Anywhere?
26: I think Megan is just like. This is, it's just so much and it's like fun and everything but it's you know I don't think this is them I just that's the feeling overall feeling I can't shake but all this wedding as you
25: know no, this is them they like having George in the mall there
26: well yeah but I mean all the—I mean—I think they want to get rid of. They want to get. They—they they want to get on with it. They want to just be married. I feel like. They I bet to work.
25: I bet George isn't even like focused on the wedding right now because he's probably crunching numbers for his Casamigos tequila.
26: George Clooney. Yeah.
25: Seeing, seeing yeah. what what the quarter's shaping up to be for his Casamigos tequila.
26: Well, he's got one. He's always got his one. Month, part of his mind is always back at. Uh, his lair in... What is... Lake Cuomo? Part of him is always in Lake Cuomo. He's not fully anywhere. You can tell in his acting. Wow.
25: Shots fired.
26: <laughs> He's always back at... his half, half part of him is always back at Lake Cuomo, where him and his colleagues are working on tequila <laughs> that is creatively <laughs> and professionally greater than any tequila. Look at these idiots. Look at Casamigos.
1: In a crowded landscape of character-based improv podcasts, Hampton High has quickly become a world unto itself. That's what the A.V. Club had to say about this next podcast, and we could not agree more. Hampton High is created by and stars Tim Platt as high school junior Hampton McElvey, whose quest to become the Mark Maron of Roxville Prep by interviewing students and faculty of interest leads him down some very strange paths. The following clip is from Hampton's interview with theater kid Mitra, played by guest Mitra Juhari
0: interesting we have more in common than people would have thought who are looking at our different social circles and that's why i like this podcast
21: that and i think that's kind of the amazing thing about our school mm-hmm. is people are pretty open-minded to connecting with people from other social groups
0: it's definitely true go Skugs, truly um okay so i wanted to ask you uh so you do these roles you do this behind the scenes stuff but like where? i mean let's be brass tacks here like where's this gonna go is this is your career
21: i mean you know i now that i'm seventeen i've kind of come to terms with the fact that there are people who are made for this stuff and there are people who just love it and aren't necessarily going to get paid to do it and I think I'm the latter rather than the former uh, so one thing I realized about myself recently is that I'm actually really amazing at math um, I've known that for a long time, but I haven't really thrown myself into it but I've been spending more and more time thinking about it, and I think I'm gonna to go to school for accounting. I just have to be realistic with myself. I'm great at math. I love the idea of helping people shape their, you know, take care of their lives in a way that is responsible and pragmatic. So I'm gonna study accounting and just sort of see where that takes me. And maybe I can marry the two at some point, but mostly I just want to get into the numbers and see what happens.
0: Okay, that was the sound of a pin dropping. Um <laughs> Okay, But, like, if you get a big role next year in the play, then, like, maybe that would be your – you know what I mean? Like, are you only saying that because you haven't had a huge role yet, you know?
21: Well, I mean, of course it would be an honor and I would take it incredibly seriously if I were to receive a huge role. But when you think about, like, the Graces or, you know, the, like, Evan Harpers of the show – I mean, of the school – i'm not one of those people those people just radiate a magnetic energy that makes you want to watch everything they do and i just don't think i'm that and i'm okay with that
0: um okay is this like one of those chick things where you're like saying like you're insulting yourself so other people will be like oh no you're actually actually great you know what i mean like are you saying oh i just want to be accountant so like i'll be like oh no you should actually do theater do you know what i mean a chick thing yeah like you know how like some you know how some chicks are like Oh, I look so ugly, and I'm like, no, you don't. You actually look really hot right now. Um, I'm like, oh, thank you. That's what I wanted you to say. You I know? mean,
21: I know what you mean by a chick thing, but it actually hurts my feelings when you say that. To but, call it a chick thing, but I, to lie, you've never told a lie.
0: No, I've obviously told a lie. But like, what I'm so saying, you're
21: saying a lie. A chick thing is to lie.
0: No, I'm just, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's like you saying, oh, I love the theater, but I want to do something else because I'm not that good. It is sort of like when a lot of chicks, and this is true, do say like, I don't look good right now because they want the guys they look good. Don't you
21: think that diminishes my goals by saying that I'm lying? I'm actually really good at math. I'm great at math. I've always gotten A pluses in math. It comes really naturally.
0: I, I'm I'm sure you are, but I, this that's not I'm not I'm not saying you're not good at math. I'm saying that, like,
21: I'm not mad at you. I want you to know that I'm not mad at you, but I just want you to know that it's actually pretty destructive of you to refer to me saying that I want to pursue accounting as a chick thing. When I state my goals, I mean them. I'm an intelligent person.
0: I, I know. I Yeah, no, I I'm, <laughs> I know that. I'm not saying you're not intelligent. I would just like if like a theater role came around the corner that changed your life. I'm just saying that you would probably take that. So, right. I mean, so.
21: Yeah, but I'm saying that I don't think that's going to happen and that I've accepted and embrace and I'm really excited about pursuing accounting. I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying phrases like chick thing are problematic and I want you to think about the reasons why because I respect you and I think you're capable of better Hampton. Uh, okay. I really like you. I mean it.
0: Okay, I like you too. I feel like I'm walking on a minefield (laughs) right now, to be perfectly frank. Like, I, uh, I, I, uh, all I, okay, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not to dig this hole, but like, all I'm saying is that like people, some, uh, I mean, all I'm saying is that like people sometimes say, you're, okay. You are saying what you mean. I see. I see you are saying what you mean. People, and-
21: a lot of people say things that they don't mean, and I don't think it's tied to their gender.
0: Okay. Uh, that is the sound of a mind blown. <laughs> <laughs>
1: A true comedy legend, Kevin McDonald of the Kids in the Hall, brought his traveling variety show podcast, Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald Show, to Los Angeles, New York, and Atlanta this year, featuring incredible guests like Todd Barry, Paul F. Tompkins, Darcy Cardin, Tim Heidecker, Judah Friedlander, and Weird Al Yankovic. And the list doesn't stop there. Check out Kevin's back catalog for sketches, live music, and unforgettable appearances by Mike Myers, Amy Mann, Andy Richter, Ben Gibbard, Rob Corddry, Rachel Dratch, Bob Saget, and fellow kids in the hall, Scott Thompson, Dave Foley, and Mark McKinney. Now, please enjoy this clip from Kevin's interview with Weird Al.
9: I also, oh yeah, I remember uh, (laughs) in Canada, Another One Loves the Bus was like a super, super hit. Um, uh, was it? Yeah, was it? Wasn't it in the stage? I kind
29: of. It just barely got released. Like the record label went. Really? W- the record label went bankrupt uh, two weeks after it came out. Oh. But it got out there, I guess. Yeah. How
9: did you get your first record deal? Like, w- was it because of uh, My Bologna or? Um... Yeah,
29: well, that was the first. That came out on Capitol Records. Uh, like the original bathroom recording, literally recorded in a bathroom in my college, and Capitol Records put it out. Uh, and it sold, you know, a couple dozen copies. I don't know. If you can find a copy today, though, it's worth like thirty-five, forty cents. So.
9: Oh, good. That's... I think if I it's have autographed. It. I might have. I might have it in the basement. My when I moved from uh, Toronto, my sister took all my stuff and put it in her basement, and then she had a flood and ruined everything. Oh no! Yeah, That's that sad 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 story, story, right? Right? Yeah, very sad that story. Very sad story. Right? Why'd you bring the room down like that? Uh, because I want to get out to uh, go to my airport. I see. <laughs> <laughs> um. um uh, oh yeah. Here's. Uh, he, he was going to come tonight. He's not here. Dave Foley, one of the kids in the hall. He you was going to come here. He was going to come until here. Until he found out I was showing up. No, no, it's the opposite. Oh. He found out I was showing up. <laughs> <laughs> he he got a headache. He had a... shall I say this? I can't even pronounce it. Yesterday he had a... Uh, help me. Colonoscopy. Uh, colonosc- colonoscopy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's uh, feeling badly from
29: it. Oh. He should have just gotten a semi-colonoscopy.
9: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, once, uh, the kids in the hall, a few years ago, we were on a Canadian TV show, and Scott had a colonoscopy uh-huh. uh, that morning, and um, uh, we were reading the script, and they were asking us their notes, because they were pretending to care about it, it was the kids in the hall, and, um, and Scott whispered to me, um, because of uh, the pr- procedure I just had, I'm pulling my pants. And then the, um, and then the, the writer said, uh, uh, Scott, do you have any notes? And then uh, I said, because I want to get him out there. No, 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 he's okay. No,
29: Kevin, I have notes. <laughs>
9: <laughs> and pooing
29: his pants, he gave a half hour of notes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I have had the procedure a couple times because I'm an old guy. And uh, they give you pictures. They give you pictures afterwards. Oh, my God. Oh my God. And more than once I've asked my wife, should, should I Instagram this? No. <laughs> no, do not do that. It'd be so popular. <laughs> It'd be so... Uh, <laughs>
9: Not as popular as another one loves on the bu- uh, bus. And um, we keep uh, calling it another one. Another loves one a- loves on the bus. <laughs> another one loves I'm on the bus. A, I'm
29: adding a word <laughs> <laughs> and changing a few, but it's they, all right. They I mean, added we words. get the gist. They had we words get different the in general feel. Yeah.
9: Dave Foley and I, yes. we always talked about ad nauseum the people that tell us to shut up in the '80s and '90s. How funny your videos were because we're like uh, we're big fans of Buster Keaton and the sight gags were amazing. Who thought it? Did you think of the sight gags? Uh, well,
29: most of it, did, but, um, yeah. <laughs> like so you're a comedian more than well, the... <laughs> I like the comedy you like
9: the comedy that's my point. That, like that uh, how did you get that talent and music like the like you thought of really great like video after video after video had amazing sight gags
29: well thanks i don't know i just Is I listened listen to the, that's a good that's a question i i i don't know the answer there where where do your ideas come from i i just listened to the yeah but i'm a comedian i mean well,
9: you're a comedian yeah <laughs> But you're two things. <laughs>
29: <laughs> my brain is split. Yeah, you're. Uh, I just listen to the voices in my head, you know. I understand. Are you a Buster Keaton fan? Absolutely. Well, the um, I mean, in Amish Paradise, when the uh, when the the, the barn falls down, all right. That's a total. Right. That's a total Buster Keaton. Right, steal. right. <gasps> Yeah,
4: I'm
9: showing that where I live in Winnipeg for some reason next. uh, I I show a funny movie every month, and I'm showing that one. And um, uh, you know, Steamboat Bill Jr. where the wall falls on Buster Keaton, and everyone knows it was a real wall, right? And would have killed him, but he got like the best mathematicians in America to like measure. I didn't have
29: the best mathematicians. I had some guy with green hair and a nose ring going, (laughs) "Yeah, you'll be fine." (laughs) What's no, no, real... literally, I mean, th- this was not it was not CGI. It was a real literal, like, barn wall that fell on me, barely missing my head. And it wasn't even just wood. They had to reinforce it with steel so it wouldn't, like, torque and, like, miss the mark. So it was this, like, really, really, really would have killed me dead if I had, like, moved a few inches either way. <laughs> and I was like, we're doing one take, and I'll try really hard not to act like I'm so scared right now. <laughs> And they can't practice
9: it with the dummies your height because no. uh, because that would ruin the wall. Right,
29: right. Wow, it's a one take thing.
9: But you're kidding. Please tell me he really had mathematicians.
29: Well, I think he did some math, but. <laughs> I, I <didn't>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! How many accolades and catchphrases can one podcast have? Las Culturistas, hosted by Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang, has been named to best of lists in Time, Esquire, Vulture, Time Out New York, and many more publications. And they are about to embark on a national tour early next year. Los Culturistas remains an absolute must-listen week after week. And if you need proof, just check out this clip from their episode Piss Sussy, Sis Pussy with the woman smiles, Patty Harrison. And after you listen, follow at Los Culturistas on Twitter to see if Matt and Bowen are coming to your hometown in 2019 roll that clip
6: if you had all the money in the world as the pop star that is patty what does your concert look like how does it start like who comes out like what's is there a story like what kind of fantastical aesthetic elements are we happening like if you could do a world tour like the 1989 tour oh, or no. like beyoncé formation like <laughs> mm-hmm. what is the patty tour
30: so my tour <laughs> would um be called well, let's not start there. Okay, let's not. Let's start Let's actually there. say that uh, it would be an audiovisual experience. Yes. there would be, you know, there would be pre-filmed things yes. that, and there would be huge screens. Oh wow! And this there is would different. be lights, mm-hmm. lights that would come up. So the so the concert's about to start. Imagine okay. concert's about to start. I can see it. Everyone's just like, there's my, what is stadium is like fifty thousand people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then wow. and then the lights go out, and everyone's like. oh, And then, yeah, and then uh, some lights come on and then the screen comes on too. And then I come out and then music is playing. Oh my God. There's so much music playing. Everyone's dancing and screaming. I come out dancers come out. They're dancing too. They're like, they're all, they're doing the routine. We, we painstakingly, painstakingly. Practice. I come out. I start singing a medley of my original my hits from my first album. Yes, and it's like a medley.
12: You yeah. my yes. yes, that.
30: But it's like in the key of another one of my hits, and they're Do all in the same key because it sets you up for the next song that you're
31: going into in the medley. Yeah. Yeah.
30: It, it's and this is like an amazing medley. Then mm-hmm. my outfit, also by the way, looks beautiful. Oh my god. To describe it, oh. everyone is like. Um, and people are taking pictures of it. Oh my god! People are taking people, thousands of people have, have their people phones like, out. So wait, are watching.
31: people describing your outfit as like yes, gag, slay? They say
30: a gag. People are saying gag. Are they screaming? And well, one person actually is screaming a slur. there's <laughs> like one person out there, over all the screams of adoration, I can kind of hear one slur. And I'm like, I think I know what they're saying. I yeah. think it's a slur. Yeah. And um, but I'm like, I'm not trying to focus too much on it. So I'm like, I'm like focusing. On, and again, my choreography is slightly less intense than the dancers, so right, they can right, fully right. focus on dancing. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I need time to kind of vamp and you like can walk stop around and like, and, like, and like point here and there and be mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm and then I I point and I'm like, are you? And I stop. And there there's also I'm not lip syncing, but there is a vocal track. track in the background. In like, it has the chorus on it right, and then right. the lead. Yeah, and people are like, ah. Oh, and then I hear I hear like in the distance I hear like I hear like, 20. and I'm like. <laughs> wait not only did i hear a slur uh, but i think i recognized the voice oh of the, and i'm so I'm like Diz-? we're going into my first my first song is actually one off the new album oh my god great and it's like oh it's it's a song that's like fast Yeah. and then so it's like <laughs> yeah and then it's like images there's images that correspond with the song so yeah, the song yeah. is actually about uh, moving on and okay. then so that's going on and then a spotlight uh, uh, n- a not planned a spotlight I'm like what is going on a spotlight goes to a crowd <laughs> guess who is in the crowd Ellen DeGeneres Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> that was it that really was and it because, because we, we talked about her last time yeah and she's erect <laughs> She's, How big is her dag? It's seventeen inches this time. <laughs> this time it's it got 17 bigger from inches. last time. Yeah, she did something. She got
31: like an. She got, she a, got a
30: penile implant. She got yes. A
31: pinect- oh no no. no penectomy is pinectomy. when they. No, penectomy was when they remove the penis, but she got a penile implant.
30: She got a penectomy and then got, and her, got got her penis removed and then got a, a, a
31: penoplasty
30: and a, a, a African rhino <laughs> horn in the place so actually when I said it was 17 inches it's actually closer to four and a half feet long <laughs> and she's lancing my fans just like <laughs> lancing my fans in the crowd like oh there's like a stack of my fans are on you sad her as horn. you see this happening I'm so sad yeah. I'm crying on stage I'm like <laughs> stop the music but they turned my mic off <laughs> because <laughs> she did it did no so she
31: so she talked to the tech people
30: she talked to the tech people she's very powerful that's when I realized that she talked to the tech people ahead of time and that is not that was like oh my god and still the music this is bigger than (laughs) and then there's a part in the music where all the percussion drops and and it's just like it's like it's like this arpeggio of like harp it's a beautiful part of the song and i'm like ellen get out of here as she comes up on stage does a flip with still about six of my fans stacked on her horn does a flip the <laughs> centrifugal force of the flip flings the fans at me off of her. like and she's about she's flipping probably like 20 feet up in the air so it's that's like that's insane she can get that high yeah oh yeah i know it's like a full and it's like re, it's a really fast rotation we don't it's know like how flips. powerful right, right, is. Right. wow
6: but the, but all the fans but the fans up, have come towards you but fans, they, sp-
30: they smack into me knock me down oh my god my <laughs> And my big platform shoes break. No. Embarrassing. No. Embarrassing. No. Embarrassing. So embarrassing. What an yeah. epic
6: concert fail. Yeah,
30: Jennifer Bowman, who's our costumer, <laughs> she's like made those shoes herself, like oh special. Oh my God. And so she it's okay? Like, Did she oh. get out of the arena? Huh? Did she get out of the arena? Oh, Jennifer Bowman doesn't come to my shows because <sighs> we have a bad relationship. Oh. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, so that's the whole thing. And then. Um, so then by that time,
6: you're knocked out and the fans, I guess, are long dead by now. Or at least several of them.
30: Like six and maybe some that got injured. in in, During the fray. And they're like, they're all mad. They're like, this is not what we came here to see. So We came here to see the music. We came here to see Patty, man. But at this point, they've all turned because they're mad. And they're all saying tranny. They're all going,
4: tranny. (laughs) You
30: tranny. And I said, stop it. Stop it. And then that's when Ellen... Turns to me. No. And guess what she fucking says. No. no what? Guess what she says. What was this she said? She says, you are a bitch. <laughs> and my heart breaks. Oh my because God. Because I believe it. And it, it's Ellen. It's Ellen. She and at is this point. a she, hero. She's obviously. A hero of
6: mine. In that moment, like she's gotten everyone to turn on you. They obviously have taken sides with her, even though they've killed probably some, some of the people that they know. Yeah. yeah they
30: start killing I mean, the fans are so mad, screaming "tranny." They start killing each other. Killing each other. <gasps> this is so oh, but, serious. Uh, just so you know, just so you know, at the at my tours, all my fans are cis because I won't let trans people. <laughs> in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't like trans people. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. a turf. I'm a turf. You're a turf, and it's a tr- it's turfs only. Yeah, turfs only. Yeah, turfs only. Trans exclusionary radical feminists. Feminist, yes. For those of you who don't, who aren't with it, and they're all. And they're all straight, beautiful too. <laughs> so they're a straight, beautiful straight, beautiful cis turfs. Yeah,
31: turf. Straight cis het beautiful gorgeous s- turf. They're saying tranny, but also <laughs> Ellen. I remember originated the pronunciation tranny.
30: Tranny, yes, with <laughs> with an H and two Ns. Oh, T
31: r o n n e i
6: g h with yeah. the
31: H. Oh, o and the Tron- H. Tranny. Yeah, tranny. But so they're screaming
30: tranny, tranny, and she's like, hey you know why I say it that way? And I was like, oh, why Ellen this night couldn't get any worse? And she's like, because it's a play on pronunciation of the Vietnamese language because I know you're Vietnamese oh, too, you, no. Trani.
31: Oh, just just, just cut Steve or
30: twist the knife. She fucking, she fucking puts that knife oh, on she, a screwdriver. Let me tell you something a, about a her. Electric screwdriver. Ellen, yeah, this knife, she, it's more than just twisting the knife. Yeah, I am. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. She really went there. <laughs>
6: That's she a cool really go- went there. and that's a gorgeous tour.: And that is
30: literally just Stockholm, where the tour starts.: <laughs> That's literally nice. just the first leg of the tour.: and, and talk Sweden. about why
31: Stockholm, like what does Sweden yeah, mean was, to you? What what is, why is that meaningful? Uh
30: rich culture, a <laughs> lot of amazing art, their government, like uh, the government in Sweden is just like really progressive socially, you know the access to health care, the way people like, treat each other even., yeah. um, predominantly white blonde yes
31: yes it's it's sort of easier when that you matters have, it matters and a
30: lot of amazing pop comes out of scandinavia and that was of course. amazing
31: pop but see the thing about sweden and the thing that it's it just it's a great case study in um homogenizing a people to more easily govern and more easily socialize and provide access because if, if the people look the same it's easier mm-hmm. you know yeah absolutely
30: yeah. once you all look the same yeah then you all act the same. Yes. Then you all buy tickets to the same concert. Oh, that's beautiful.
6: That's a good, really good economy uh, model.
30: I disagree.
6: Okay, but
31: you're you're still like
30: uh, I, everything I set up until this point would I was setting up that oh. you would say that so I would agree and then I changed my mind in real time.
6: Oh, wow. okay. Oh, cool. Okay,
30: all right. Um, and that's what people come to expect from my shows. Yeah. yeah
6: that they're going to expect to like except for example get through it and live. Yeah. Yeah, yes. that
30: might not be the case. Well, that's why they turned on each other. Yes.
31: Yeah. Well, and the tour is called Sishet's Only. It's
30: radical f- turfs. Uh, Cis Hets Hets turf turf only. Beautiful Turf. Yeah, it's called Beautiful Turfs: sis <laughs> Hats Only. Uh, uh, colon uh, uh, Dharma and Greg live for one night only. And they're there. They're the actors who play Dharma and Greg are there. Oh my god! And they- what? Jenna Elfman? Jenna Elfman. Yeah, Jenna Famous Elfman, Scientologist famous Scientologist and I'm and I'm giving I give her like a 20 minute platform in the middle of the show just to talk about Scientology and she's like really charismatic about it because she's like I know it's, it's so crazy you guys probably think I'm crazy <laughs> yeah it, it really is a lot of it's so stupid right like really learning people in with that disarming she's like, disarming disarming yeah she's yeah. like you know what might be fun what if you just like took some friends and you went to like the church of Scientology as a joke because the doors are always open you should see how like crazy stupid some of the decoration is it's so gaudy and everyone's like haha that's so funny and but it's like under the guise of like, oh yeah, come see how stupid this thing is. And then But it's fifty thousand people and like they're gonna go. And they all go. <laughs> and how many of
6: them uh fall for it? Hmm? How many Even. of them fall did for you, it? Did
30: you did you not hear me? Wait, are you I said they all. All of them? But I know all of them go,
6: but how many <clears throat> stay? How <clears throat> many sign on the dotted line when well. it comes to push comes to shove?
30: Well, when push comes to shove, jokes on you, bitch. They were all already Scientologists because it's also Scientologists only.
31: Yeah. <laughs>
30: <laughs> only Darmer and Greg beautiful, and Greg. beautiful turfs. Scientologists who are also TERFs. Sishet.
31: It's, it's called Beautiful TERFs colon Um oh, so Cishet only. Sishet only colon Darmer and Greg Live One Night only colon Scientologists, Scientologists only. only. Yes.
1: The newest addition to Forever Dog is this next podcast, The Very Funny Mall Talk, hosted by comedians and L.A. mall aficionados Emily Fay and Paige Weldon, who do not think that hanging out at the mall should stop in adulthood. Each episode, a guest joins them to discuss classic stores, mall memories, and recent mall-going adventures. In the following clip, Emily and Paige talk to comedian Solomon Giorgio about Cinnabon, JCPenney, and so much more.
32: So then you never went back to Macy's? No.
1: But I did eat at Cinnabon every day.
32: <laughs>
33: <laughs> okay. I, I used to do the worst thing ever because Cinnabon had, um they had those, they had the particular ones, uh which was like the pecan one. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't think they have any more. They actually had a root beer milkshake.
32: Oh, oh, that sounds good.
33: Oh, yeah. So I'd have. A, we had
32: the same exact reaction to that. Oh. <laughs> uh, hmm. So
33: what I would do is order both of those things at the same time.
21: Every day?
33: Oh, yeah. Every day. Well, was th- within those three days that I was oh, working sure. there. And many times before and after, uh, until they no longer serve the root beer.
32: <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say until they would no longer serve you. They were like, excuse me, sir, so, um, <laughs> you are cut off.
33: We can see how soft your teeth are now. <laughs> you have to stop. We, have a,
32: we have a moral responsibility. Even
33: vibrating for the last 30 minutes and I need you to stop.
32: Oh my, wait, So where else did you work?
33: Um, I'm trying to remember all the places that I worked because I had a lot of jobs at the time and I had that I would quit uh in dramatic ways. <laughs> um because I did work at a J C Penny, but it wasn't at that mall. It okay. was at um oh my god, it was Alderwood Mall, I think it was it called. Oh I can't remember it's, it's in Linwood, Washington, which is in North uh Seattle. Um and I worked at jc J. Pennies there. There was a J C Penny's at Northgate, which I went to many times. Did uh, you used
32: to shop at J C Penney? oh
33: so many times. It's my mom's favorite place to buy her kids presents till this very day. I'm pretty sure she's currently in that Daisy Penny trying to see if I want an oversized Tweety Bird shirt or.
32: And you do. Or Just in a case.
33: Small pair of boxers. <laughs> no, she buys me briefs. That's tidy whities. She never knows my size. It's always a double XL or the smallest, and you're like, "Who? who, who do you, have you met me before?" I do
32: feel like J.C. Penney is also like in my mind, such my mom's like mm-hmm. department store, it where is. it's like I feel like it's like Macy's is a little more like elevate. It's like a little fancier. J.C. Penney, it's like mom's like I'm going to Penny's. I'm getting a deal in my mind. Oh yeah, is that where all like your school clothes and stuff came from? Was um. Like,
33: no, uh, no, I wish uh, <laughs> it was mostly Ross and Marshalls, mm. also at the mall.
32: I mean, we love we love Marshalls.
33: I Marshalls is definitely a a clean a cleaner Ross, but that's really again not a.
32: <laughs> I mean, Ross. I will Ross enter is, if there's an emergency of some kind yeah. where I simply can't get to a Marshalls, but it's a war zone. It's, I, it's crazy in zone, there.
33: But I'll tell you this right now: uh, when it comes to home goods. Oh, yeah. Ross is crushing the game. I recently bought a teapot Mm. there. Yeah. Ross is where the great deals are in Home Goods because no one goes and that's part of the Ross. Yeah. Totally. So it's not decimated. I feel like that,
32: that is the one part of Ross, whereas Marshall's overall, I'm like great everything's
33: great everything's great great but marshall's doesn't have good deals on home goods which is i was
32: in marshall's recently looking for a teapot and Mm -hmm. i was like most of these teapots are like 25 dollars.
33: disrespectful to the game
32: yeah why am i even here yeah
33: yeah like might as
32: well might as well go to williams sonoma (laughs) and
11: spend big bucks on a
33: teapot look i'm just saying if you have a store I can't. I shouldn't be able to buy three shirts for the same price yeah, as a yeah, it's
32: weird. I don't understand why that's going on. But I did then immediately go into Ross and get Which one you for got, like dollars
33: or $12. oh, you could. I, I got like, one. I got a beautiful red one for four ninety nine. So.
32: That's amazing. Oh, I actually also need a tea kettle. Yeah. we'll report
11: back.
33: <laughs> yeah, check into the Ross. See what you find. Um, the one in Pasadena
32: is very good. That's
33: the best one. All right. Also the cleanest. Oh, one. I
32: haven't been in
33: most of the most of the clothes in that one are on the rack.
32: Oh, wow. I oh, suppose to- something to be said. Trampled <laughs> on the floor. I mean, and then, yeah, yeah oh, that's yeah. crazy. But
33: I've only been there when it first opened at 10 a.m. So, ah,
32: uh, sure.
33: I can't speak for an afternoon.
32: <laughs> for an afternoon. Ross. I can't imagine.
33: Um, but actually, even, I oh, man, I remember one time because we went to Ross so many times that I pooped my pants. <gasps> at Ross.
32: And everyone was like, correct, it seems right. <laughs> yeah.
33: Yeah. And my mother refused to buy me new pants. Oh
32: no! Why? The
33: only, cont- the only time that I have- anyone's ever been like I need to buy pants at Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I need to.
34: Yeah, was it like, is...
32: I don't want to buy pants right now? Or was it like sit in your mistake?
33: <laughs> it was... I really, so it
32: won't happen again. I
33: truly wish my mother had that decency in her. Uh, <laughs> where she was like, I can't afford this. We can't. No, no, no. It was more like... Mm, no, oh, God. you do this on purpose, which is like, who shits their pants on purpose? No,
32: there's no winning part of that. No, yeah. You're like, not getting anything out of it, believe it or not. Oh, and, it's
33: like, and it's like, and like, you're going to have to be in the car with me on the ride back home.
32: Yeah, that's so not good. This hurts all of us.
35: This bad for everybody.
1: Listening to Mary Houlihan's little podcast is like being stuck in a blender of early 90s FM radio. That sounds like a quote, but I just came up with it. Every time you listen to Mary Houlihan's little podcast, it's something different. A morning talk show, an advice show, a game show, a makeover show, a call-in show, a call-out show. All from the mind of Mary Houlihan. Plus commercials like this one. Hey, the big concert's on the beach. Let's go.
36: But wait, I have to eat all these tacos. Just
37: put
1: them in your pants.
3: You ever go on a run and reach into your pocket for a taco, but it's all cold?
1: No way!
3: Taco Pants are special pants with foil-insulated pockets that keep your tacos warm all day. I'm in love with the Taco Pants. Taco Pants.
1: Now available our cream. This next podcast was named 2018's Best Podcast for Aspiring Comedians by Vulture. Not because it talks about how to succeed, but about how to fail. The Need to Fail with Don Finelli features comedians and entertainers at the top of their game talking about all the roles they didn't get, all the shows they bombed, all the times they ate shit and their dreams felt more elusive than ever, and how they persevered through those times. In the following clip, Don talks with comedian, writer, and improviser Neil Casey. So
38: you kept your car, you have your car in New York. Still have my car in New York, and then I have thirty days to figure <laughs> out like where I'm gonna live and what's going on. And the answer was ended up being that um, I lived Nowhere for five months. <laughs> wow. Um, and, uh, uh, I packed, I threw away a ton more shit. I got a storage unit over on the West Side Highway for the stuff I kept that wasn't in my car. Wow. And, uh, and then I was homeless for, from April <laughs> of 2012 until September of 2012 or, or mid August of 2012 Jesus. when I moved into Nick Kocher's room that I rented with like Grant O'Brien yeah. and Mary and Lennon and, Len and some and good people there. Right. And part of it, it was like I called it a um what's that? It was like it's a um it's like a controlled homelessness. <laughs> because my thinking was if I if I can just there's some places I needed to be mm-hmm. including um uh the 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 Torco trip to South Carolina. Mm-hmm williamstown theater festival where i teach improv classes in the summertime mm-hmm. my family rents a beach house mm-hmm. in june so there was like if i could just cover these weeks <laughs> right. then i basically wouldn't need to pay rent for like i thought like three months It right. ended up being like a little over
1: four what did you do <laughs> how did you do this <laughs> i um, where did you stay
38: I stayed at my brother's a little bit mm-hmm. uh, a couple nights, but he, he just had a, a bedroom. Did people know? Did you tell anybody about this? the people I asked to stay with? I did. Yeah. yeah. But
39: nobody else knew.
38: Nobody else knew because Heinz and I were doing our show then, too. So anytime Heinz and I would do small man, I would stay at his house the night before. Right. And I'd sleep there. And then we would. Um,
28: but did you tell him? I don't have. a he place knew. Okay. He, yeah, yeah. He yeah, knew. Yeah, yeah, like
38: yeah. My, my my closest friends knew. Right. Um. And I I would say I stayed at my brothers. I stayed at Dan Blacks one time. Mm-hmm. I stayed at Bluff Bands right. one time. Right.
1: These are all people um, right in Manhattan too. Yeah. 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 Kind of.
38: Kind of. Kind of keeping it honest that way. I I lived at the Greenpoint YMCA for a little while. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh With a lot of old with a lot of old guys.
1: Um, <laughs> Where are you mentally during this? How are you? Are you determined, or are you like fucking low?
38: Well, I was throwing I, – I, in in retrospect, I believe that what I was doing was I was eliminating absolutely everything that I had going on in my life so that I could, like, reboot the few things that I think would actually work.
1: Another very exciting addition to Forever Dog this year was the beloved Cold sensation podcast The Ride, a show about theme parks hosted by three childless men in their 30s, Mike Carlson, Jason Sheridan, and Scott Gardner. This year, Podcast The Ride accomplished perhaps the most impressive feat in all of comedy podcasting, releasing an 18 episodes in 18 days series about Hollywood's Universal City Walk that was rightly named Best Mini Series of 2018 by Vulture. And here is a clip from that very series The City Walk Saga.
13: We- and let's clarify this series is about City Walk at Universal Hollywood, oh. not CityWalk at Universal Orlando. Right, That is an entirely different
28: entity. We will not speak about that at all. At all. This is only for Hollywood. And yes, now... That is also lovely. It's a lovely place. Yeah. Well, in an endeavor like this
17: requires rules and uh, parameters. Yes. Right? And which is why, you know, we've carefully caged ourselves in with the 19-part system. Yes. Now, where did where did nineteen uh, come from? I feel like because they aren't necessarily all uh, even in the amounts of stores and restaurants, but there's I think nineteen is a is a perfect number, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't want to. The question perfection, but but if we had to analyze, what is it about nineteen?
28: Why is that the perfect amount? The, you know, the, one of the impetuses for for doing this is that like we, we met a a guy. I think a guy it's almost a, undervalues
17: I, what he is—a mentor figure, maybe, or a, a voice of authority.
28: Boys. Oh, he yeah, he's here. A sector keeper.
17: He you could know who could have said it better yeah. themselves than, so, so, um, than the
28: man. Him's the being. Himself. Um, so yeah, joining us today on the podcast is uh, we call him the Sector Keeper. He keeps the different sectors of City Walk Universal City Walk Sector Keeper. Please, of course, uh, Universal City Walk Hollywood Sector Keeper. Actually, if I may correct you, I'm yes, so my sorry.
8: spirit can't cross the, right, cr- the across country. The country. Yeah, you yeah. Start to dissipate when you hit the Mississippi. I lose correct. strength. Yes. Yeah.
28: So when we talk about nineteen sectors, um, this is sort of uh, a number that's been around for as long as time. Like mm. the number 23, the, the significant number of the Jim Carrey film,
17: 19, is a, it's, it, it exists in many different uh, b- b- codes, and it's embedded secretly all over the CityWalk mm. property, that's fair to say, correct? Yes, yes. As uh, another World League uh, meaning. CityWalk is a
8: powerful place, a magical place. Right. And so you must divide it into sectors. To experience more than a sector provides would be dangerous,
28: Yes, if we have too much fun and too much discussion about, of like, maybe, say, two sectors at once, it would be too much for sort of a normal mortal man or a woman to handle. Mm-hmm. So that's why we've divided it up into different sectors. Because if we were to talk about all of CityWalk at once, who knows what would happen I to don't us. know.
13: We would... Just be exhausted, you know,
17: yeah. or we'd be here all day, well, all and, week, and many people uh, in this city or visiting Los Angeles from other cities have gone up to city walk and i c- I can only m- imagine i mean there's no there's no wrong way to do city walk, but there's also a perfect way to do it and and it, it seems to me, sector keeper, that uh, the, the by laying out the divine sectors you are uh, providing the your ideal way of experiencing uh, uh, this, this mall. I would call it a perfect sort of
28: roadmap.
8: Yes, look at it as a roadmap. A roadmap that will provide you uh, many things. Uh, mm. discoveries of mm. popcorn.
28: Mm. Oh. Okay. At All
8: Popcornopolis. Right. Ah. Discoveries of board shorts. Oh, okay. At Billabong. <laughs> discoveries of watches. At fossil oh, okay discoveries discoveries of water massages at zen zone ooh okay and discoveries of well priced women's fashion at Angel. Oh, oh, just like scarves and stuff? Yes, like scarves and and dresses. But at um, a reasonable price. But at a reasonable price, yes. Fashion forward,
0: but at a reasonable price. And that
8: is your first sector.
37: Okay, that's sector one. Sector one. Sector one. Billabong,
8: Popcornopolis, Fossil, Zen (laughs) Zone, and Angel. My boys. (laughs) Oh, were your boys (laughs) now? Venture into the sector. Discuss, but be careful. If you go outside of the sector... My spirit will burn in hell.
17: <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, no. I oh, will spit out the drink I had in my mouth. <laughs> really? That's what's at stake here? Yes. Oof. Each sector will help piece
8: together my soul. Oh, wow. Once you accomplish each sector, you will get a sector stone. Okay. 19 sector stones make up my soul. Oh, my God. Wow. So, please, go forth, be careful, and I'll be here watching over you as your guardian. Okay. Guardian, said, so guardian. So, we're, like, setting
28: you free? Sorry to bring you back oh, real quick. Uh, yes, you. I'm still here. <laughs> so, okay, so, we're you know, setting okay. you Feel free? free. So, so, yeah, like, you can hang out, but, like, you, we're setting you free, basically. Are you yes. into, like, Casper, where, like, you have unfinished business, or... Yes, I have unfinished business in the City Walk. Okay. I can't so. get into the details.
8: I'll tell you more as you discover more. Okay. All right, great. But just well. know that...
1: I will go to hell if you don't do this. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's a lot to put on us, huh? Perhaps no podcast has followed a more bizarre and self-destructive trajectory than the podcast for laundry originally pitched to us as a podcast to do your laundry to. We honestly had no idea what we were getting into. Over the course of the last year, host and laundry obsessive Brett Davis has been arrested during a live recording, gotten married to a bottle of Tide detergent, and pissed off pretty much every guest that has been unfortunate enough to be booked on the show. Guests including Janine Garofalo, Wyatt Cenac, Tom Sharpling, Bridie Elliott, and Chris Gethard. Please tolerate the following clip featuring Awful Brett and the wonderful Sashir Zameda.
37: You know what I do? I've got... Um, if you see my my belt, I've got what looks like a little like a 90s cell phone holder. Yes, yeah. It's kind of thick, but I jam-packed Tide Pods.
40: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's very convenient.
37: Like, you know how people walk around with dog treats? Mm-hmm. I'm sort of like that, but with Tide Pods. Tide Pods. Yeah.
40: That's great. Do you, like, hand them out to strangers or just use them for yourself?
37: To strangers? For myself. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Whatever. This you know, sometimes I check in on a laundromat and I just pop my head and say, everything okay in here?
40: Yeah. <laughs> That's really nice of you.
37: And then if, if some... It's never happened, but if someone's like, ah, I forgot my laundromat, my, my, my card, and my, now I don't have my detergent, I'd be like, hey, and i toss him a Tide Pod.
40: Wow. Mm-hmm. That's like a commercial. Yeah. For Tide Pods. I'd be worried that they would melt. Do in... you
15: do commercials?
40: I don't any. Well, yeah, I do. Okay. I I used to do more than I do now, but yes.
37: Do you know any advertising agencies?
40: Um, Not like... I don't have, like, good relationships with anybody. I know of some. Are you looking for sponsorship? For no,
37: I'm. Well, yeah. I was tied. But uh, I think I, I have a lot of great laundry detergent commercial ideas.
40: I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. There was one not, uh, commercial I auditioned for, actually, for Tide. I didn't get it, but I auditioned oh, for it. Oh, my God. And uh, it was, like, a mom role where you had to, like, be with a kid who was messy. Uh-huh. And, um... Those auditions with other kids are always weird because you don't know the kid, but Mm -hmm. their mom is there, and you're like trying to like convince them to like chill out and be okay with this new adult (laughs) in this very strange situation. Interesting. There was one I did for Love's where I had to hold a baby, and that was very strange.
37: And it like a live baby?
40: I had to hold a live baby, and they were like the casting people were asking me questions like. Do you like kids? Do you like being with kids? And I'm like holding it as far away as possible. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is a blast for me. And it wasn't because it was wet. It was a very wet baby.
37: Mm. Most was, babies was are wet. Was it one baby like kind of being passed around all day?
40: I think they had multiple babies being okay. passed around. I think that one, that baby maybe did a couple auditions and then they're like, okay, we get we get what that baby's deal is. And then they bring in another baby.
37: Do you still have your sides?
40: I don't. No.
37: Oh. That would have been a fun segment.
40: Uh, yeah, sorry.
37: Just like sort of living your dream?
40: Yeah. I mean, I've done other stuff since then, but...
37: I could be the baby. <laughs> you could hold me like a little baby.
40: No. You're, you're a little bigger than a baby. Well,
37: no, yeah, but... I could be a little baby.
40: I need my laundry done. The baby didn't have lines. It was just... It was just the adult that had the, line, the lines, so baby just sat there
37: coo i could coo you could mm-hmm. do you want to improv this you're
40: okay yeah or, let's do it okay um wow should i
37: get in your lap
40: no no you can say right there okay and we'll just pretend uh that you are in my lap okay all right mm-hmm. as a busy mom i don't have time to just clean up all the time <laughs> when i'm on the go <laughs> When I'm on the go (laughs) and my my son's on the go, I use
4: Loves.
40: (laughs) Yeah, that seems great. Yeah. That was really great. Good.
37: What what do you use? Loves. What's Loves? The
40: the diaper company.
37: Oh, I thought we were doing a laundry commercial.
40: Oh, let's let's go back and do a laundry commercial. Sure. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a busy mom and I don't have time to just run around and Pick up my kids' clothes all the time. As you as you can see, little Herbert gets very upset often. So when I need to get my kids' clothes ready to go,
37: there's a reason for this.
40: Okay, um, when I need to get my kids' clothes ready to go. I use Tide. Oh, see? <laughs> Look how happy he is <laughs> now, now that I'm using Tide. Tide pod. Those were your first words. Tide pod. Oh, don't tide eat pod. it. Don't eat it,
4: sweetie.
40: <laughs> wow, that was great. Yeah. I wish there was a casting director here because that would have been amazing.
37: Well, we could just sit, send this. We you know, did. they do radio ads. This is
40: true. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
37: Um, Maybe this could be on Spotify. Imagine if you don't have the Spotify premium and you're just kind of going through your day and then you hear that in between your you know, workout playlist or mm-hmm.
40: something. Yeah. It'd be
37: so exciting.
40: It'd be so exciting. You're like, wow, maybe I should get tied.
37: Is that this year?
40: <laughs> is that Brett? Well, they're doing well. Yeah.
1: One of two podcasts at Forever Dog hosted by the prolific duo of Lindsay K. Ty and Kelly Nugent, Public Domain Theater started out as a bonus episode and has since grown into one of the most rewarding and bingeable back catalogs in the comedy podcast universe. Public Domain Theater is like Masterpiece Theater meets Mystery Science Theater 3000. Lindsay Kelly and their guests read a classic or not-so-classic work of literature from the public domain and interrupt it with hilarious commentary. If you're looking for an episode to start with, try Sherwood Anderson's The Egg with guest Rhea Butcher, Bram Stoker's The Doolitists with guest Mary Holland, named one of IndieWire's best podcast episodes of 2018, or Irving E. Cox's Love Story with guest Nick Weiger, which is where this clip comes from.
41: True to yourself, George found a strange comfort in the words, and his fear was gone. Oh, no. He squared his shoulders and faced the mouth of her gun. True to yourself, that was something worth dying for. He saw a flicker of emotion in the old woman's eyes. Admiration? He couldn't be sure, for at the moment a shot rang out from the end of the corridor and the top director fell back, nursing a hand suddenly bright with blood.
4: Oh
35: Wait, my what? Did somebody God. else shoot her? A rove, roving band a roving of bachelors band of bachelors Or is it Jenny? <laughs> oh, oh no, no, oh, no! It's
34: no! Jenny! It's Jenny! Let him go. No!
41: It was Jenny's no, voice.
34: No, no, no! Jenny!
11: Jenny!
41: She was sheltered by a partly open door at the foot of the stairway. Oh no, no. Don't no. be a fool, the old woman replied. He's no. seen too much. <laughs>
11: no.
41: It doesn't matter no. who would believe him. You're upset. You don't realize he's mine and I want him. <laughs> the director will give you a refund of the purchase price.
35: Oh, my God. You
41: didn't understand me. I don't want one of your pretty automatons. Anybody can buy them for a few shares of stock. Oh I want a God. man. A real oh man. Oh, God! I want to belong to him. Uh. This- <laughs> he belongs to Watching you. a horror movie. You bought him.
35: <laughs> no, no. ay oh, yeah, yay <laughs>
41: And that's what's wrong. We really belong to each other.
35: Oh, uh. this is... So cheesy.
41: An old woman glanced at George and he saw the flame flicker of feeling in her eyes. Oh. And tears, tears of regret. Why? We have you outnumbered, the old woman said quietly to Jenny. I don't care. I have a gun. I'll use it as long as I'm able. (laughs) Oh my God. The moral squad raised their weapons. The director shook her head imperiously and they snapped to attention again. If you take him from us, she called out to Jenny. You'll be outlawed. We'll hunt you down if we can. I want him, Jenny persisted. I don't care about the rest of it. The old woman nodded at George. He couldn't believe that she meant it. The director was on her home ground in her headquarters building backed by an armed squad of stone-faced Amazons. She had no reason to let him go. She walked beside him as he moved down the hall. When when they were 20 feet from the guard, she closed her thin hand on his arm. Her eyes swam with tears and she whispered, Punch me. (laughs) 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 There truly is a love potion. Not this nonsense we bottle here, but something real and very worthwhile. You and this girl have found it. I know that from the way she talks. She doesn't say anything about ownership, and that's as it should be. As it has to be for any of us to be happy. Hold tight to that all the rest of your life. Don't ever believe in words. Don't fall for any more love stories. Believe what you feel deep inside, what you know yourself to be true. You men who learn to break away are our only hope too.
35: Sorry, who's talking right now? No. This, this is the Imperial. Woman. This is the old
41: woman who's been shot.
35: Why did she all uh, of a sudden change her mind?
41: I don't know. She's I, flipped 180. So yeah. oh
35: much. Yeah.
41: <laughs> Most of us don't see that yet. I do. I know what it used to be like. Someday there may which so she's like over 90 years old? Yeah. Someday there may be enough men with a stamina to take back the place of dominance that we stole oh my from them. God! We oh thought my we God. wanted it. For decades before we had oh been my screaming. God. About oh my women's god. Oh my rights. my No! <laughs> oh my god! This
30: is horrible.
19: This is the this scariest is, story
42: I've ever. <laughs> this is a nightmare.
35: This is horrible. This is horrible. <laughs> this book. This story.
41: Her thin lips twisted in a sneer, and she spat her disgust. Ugh. finally we took what we wanted oh and it turned God. to ashes in our hands we made our men play things oh we made God. them slaves and after that they weren't men anymore but what oh. we stole oh. isn't the sort of thing you can hand back on a silver platter i
35: thought she was shot why is she talking so long I'm throw i up. don't know i'm gonna throw up too i hate this but what, Seriously, feel nauseous. but <laughs>
41: what we stole isn't the sort of thing you can hand back on a silver platter You men have to get enough courage to take it away from us.
43: Oh, my God!
41: Her grip tightened on his arm. No. There's a fire door at the end of the hall. If you push the emergency button, you'll close it. That will give you a five or ten minute start. I can't help you anymore. They were abreast of Jenny. She seized Jenny's hand and thrust it into his. Beat it, kids. (laughs) What? (laughs) There's a bachelor camp on the North Ridge.
42: (laughs) You can make it. A bachelor camp!
41: And from here on in... What he says goes, the old woman added.
44: Are you kidding me?
1: Don't forget it. One of 2018's fastest growing podcasts, an absolute phenomenon that's just getting started. Please enjoy the following clip from Race Chaser, an episode by episode discussion, dissection and dissemination of RuPaul's Drag Race hosted by the franchise's very own golden child and prodigal son, Alaska Thunderfuck and Willem. And if you live in the Los Angeles area, do not miss Race Chaser's very first live show taking place Friday, January 11th at the Theater at the Ace Hotel. Tickets on sale now at RaceChaserTickets.com.
22: Um, now for this challenge, for the first time, there's a live studio audience and a fake band. The band is (laughs) definitely fake fake Because you could tell it's the track And then you're like I love a fake
45: band
22: Like Nowadays
45: they would have The pit crew doing it In their underwear Oh for sure With no shoes Yeah
22: It's very very rocker No shoes No shoes Yeah for sure
45: I don't wanna see a sock On the go-go boys Uh -uh. Go-go boys Please keep your socks on The health department's Coming (laughs) by tonight (laughs) Matching socks Please tonight
22: (laughs) (laughs) No holes (laughs) What'd you say? Uh -uh. (laughs) Um, So the girls, the basic rundown is, I think, from kind of like top to bottom, Jessica surprises and really delivers and is confident. Pandora's voice is kind of eh, but like she's, you know, doing her like rock moves. Yeah. Hey, now you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. I think she looked cute. Yeah, she's kind of smash mouth. She she has the crimpy
45: hair and like she's giving rocker and she characterizes. She's
22: giving me Lindsay Lohan mall rocker. From Freaky Friday Exactly That hair could have been teased out She could have had like A couple scabs But you know She's clean concise package Yes She demands an ovation As she walks out And peels off One piece of sequin dot fabric Honey we've all done it I've D- never demanded Applause I've I never demanded so Applause
45: But I've done The sequin dot reveal
22: I know I've done shows with you <laughs> Ding um, anyway, I'm not. No one
45: uh, No one sees this reveal coming. I'm wearing mm-hmm. just a sheet up. of fabric. <laughs> um, no one knows that I'm going to take this off. I know. I'm right? keeping this on for the whole show. Whole show.
22: Hmm. <laughs> uh, I I think any time that you have to go out for a challenge and you have to get an audience ready that like has been sitting. Come on, get you know clap your hands. It's always like a risk because they could always just cut to the audience giving Nooch.
45: Yeah. And also, keep in mind, this audience has to watch how many queens sing the same exact song? Uh, six? Wow. Seven times in a row, which, okay, it's going to be hard to get that audience going.
22: For sure. Um, Sahara actually forgets some of the lyrics. Um, yeah. Yeah. But Tati adds her own, she gets some chant and t a t i bitch T-A-T-I. Tati turns the party every time she's a great performer Raven too Raven does really well, not surprisingly, and she's yeah. got a little something that for me is like a a wet cotton ball pulling apart. <laughs> there's just a thin strip of panty over a padded ass, and to me that's just like
45: I don't know It just the padded patio ass with a thong over it is a rare thrilling moment it's a
22: very inland empire moment it.
34: Because the Morgan girls does it do
45: it. The girls do. It. Morgan does it. Yes. Raven does it. It doesn't, to me, resemble a real ass enough for it to be like, for it to have the impact that a thong is supposed to have.
22: Yeah, I'm not saying put on depends, but put on a light panty, a French cut, a brief. You know, it yes, it draws attention to the wrong area. It's like, oh, okay, that's you know, it's
45: it's more for drag queens than it is for like. The audience Because sure, it 100%. doesn't It doesn't I mean And Raven like Keeps turning around Like showing her ass off And it's like It's like a, Like a um, Like a Loaf of bread With like a piece of tape <laughs> Over the 100. middle It's
22: 100. not
45: 100 it doesn't resemble an ass.
22: And, and the seam from the pantyhose is off-center from... okay? I'm not the, gonna knock off points for that. A girl presentation.
45: I'm not gonna knock off
22: points, points for that. Points for the presentation. Anyway, but she fares well. Rue's living because she looks like <laughs> Rue's baby stepdaughter.
45: She has a tattoo of Jinx Monsoon on her forearm as she well. She looks like
22: Terry Nunn. She's selling it. They love it. She has Terry Nunn's hair on, basically. And um, I believe that's an exposed corset. It, ding! ding! <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Um Tyra <laughs> is Now do-
45: <Expose> <laughs> <Mild laughs> we do it every
22: episode <laughs> season two. um Tyra is dressed like beyonce does rock basically that
45: wig has been around the world at this point it has it has the Morgan stamps. McMichaels all stars promo wig has been around the world for
22: sure, and she's giving beyonce choreography codography um she walks backwards like Beetlejuice at one point and says, <laughs> I'm gonna do this.' <laughs> If you are
45: this is a case of the clothes are are taking over. Mm-hmm. And it, it's especially for rock and roll, it's supposed to be about connection with Visceral. the audience. Visceral in the moment, mm-hmm. free. But she's like, I'm doing this thing with the code and I'm not singing the words where they go at all.
22: Yeah. She was in her own she marched into her own band. And I yeah. was on a on a one person loop in her head. Yeah. But she had immunity, so she, did. she
45: was vulnerable, she uh, made mistakes, and... She learned from she, it, probably.
22: And she thanks... Probably. Yeah, yeah, and she's very thankful for it, I bet. Thank you for your critique.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sketch comedy and podcasting are an absolute match made in heaven, and that's why we were very excited this year to produce John Milheiser and Zed Kutzinger's 10-part series Radio Shorts. A collection of comedy sketches for your ears, written and performed by over 30 of New York and LA's premier sketch comedians. One of our favorites was Starless Summers, a sketch about an unfortunate cruise ship entertainer, written by Jesse Esparza and Cat Pilardi, performed by Cat Pilardi, and presented here in its entirety.
11: Infinity cruise ship to lot Ladder I your cruise ship singer Starla Summers And I've been singing on this deck for nine Hours straight, no breaks <laughs> And my skin is Literally burning off My body This girl is on fire yeah. Now Gloria Glamour If you're out there, please come and relieve me <laughs> Oh She's burning it down. This girl is on fire. I'm talking about me. I am on fire. This is a crowd for help. But enough about me. Does anyone in the audience have any sunscreen? Blankets? Hats? One hat? Anybody with a hat? Oh, I'll come to you. Yay! Everything hurts to the touch. Jesus, can't wear a hat. All right, never mind. That is the most pain. This scalp is on. But well, you get what I'm doing. How are you guys enjoying the cruise? Huh? Now, let's not forget the SS Infinity is your destination cruise ship and ranked in the top five shrimp cafes in the Western Hemisphere for a cruise ship. Thank you, Time Magazine gonna sit down cause baby I'm feeling dizzy <laughs> ah! how did my asshole get burned oh no, no 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 oh how about a joke here we go if I don't die of an intense sunburn today I will definitely develop a melanoma or at the very least basal cell carcinoma cause skin cancer Friends in my family. Who wants a conga line? Oh,
12: la conga! Come and take it baby, baby,
11: conga! You, sir, come on up. Yeah, let's start a conga line. Hands right on the shoulders there. Oh, oh my shoulders, my arms, oh, my ass. Oh, no! No, get the fuck off my face. Get the fuck, who the fuck? yeah and we're back <laughs> you know what it is it's like i woke up in the middle of surgery and i could feel all the pain yeah <laughs> okay about me i hear we have a corporate team from you on board today can you give me a hey starla Hey, Starla! Yeah, and we got the Buckingham family from the back hills of Georgia on deck. Can I get a hey, Starla? Hey,
4: Starla!
11: <laughs> yeah! Now, are there any doctors or nurses on board? Because I'm I'm pretty deep in heat stroke here. I'm smelling burnt toast. Come on, doctor, doctor. Give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Come on, a bad case of skin. Peeling right off my body here. Ooh! I'm feeling kind of shaky here I don't know how much time I have here But more importantly, we have some newlyweds on board today Yes, we
40: do, we got some newlyweds
11: Now, welcome to you Diane, this goes out to you from Richard. just gonna walk right off the stage here Oh, that is a drop! A three-foot drop! Live for the stage, okay? It's for the way you look at me. Oh, it's for the only one. I'm so sad. (laughs) I thought I would be with my family when I died. (laughs) Happy marriage. Good night.
1: She's dead. Next up is Relatively Healthy, Jenny Stoller's podcast about health, sex, wellness, dating, and self care. This year, Janie has conducted some of the most honest and revealing interviews that you will ever hear on a comedy podcast, covering topics such as breast cancer, body acceptance, grief, plastic surgery, polyamory, addiction, heart transplants, mental illness, and menstrual products. Definitely one of the highlights of Relatively Healthy this year was Janie's two part series on abortion, which included this clip. With guest Kim Kalish.
46: Uh, when you're trying to defend abortion, you try to make it seem like it's not that big of a deal. Yes. So it doesn't feel scary. <laughs> yes. And that's fair and that's fine. But for me, I got lost in it because all I was hearing from people who are pro-choice is like, it's fine. It doesn't matter. is fine. I don't regret it. And, you know, I'm two years out and that first due date that came through. I was a mess over. I had to go take a hike up a mountain with my dog and I just left for the day. I was like, peace out. I need to go do this. And sometimes I still do the math of how old that kid would be if I had kept, uh, if I had kept it and I, and I, I go through it and I still think about it. And I, I never question my decision, but I always think what if I had made a different decision? So in the, in the battle of abortion, That seems to get really lost. And I just wish – I know there's got to be more women than just me thinking about it. So, And I would think that I'm probably in the majority. It's just that there's such a shame because we all live in the shadows Mm -hmm. that we don't know how to
36: talk about it. Yeah. You know? And we're scared of pissing people off too I think a lot of the time. I mean there's also – what you're saying is interesting because if there's a pressure to scream – You know, And some people, they're just naturally wired like this or they feel this way. They want to scream about it. They love it. It's the best thing that they ever did. No complicated feelings. But if we also want to talk to people who don't necessarily understand it, sometimes I feel like we're all having different conversations. Like, there's just not... People who are pro-choice and anti-choice sometimes are just not talking about the same thing. Like, they're not talking about the same experience, the same type of story. So by... Being able to fill in those blanks with all the stories, as many as possible, actual experiences. I feel like that does a lot of service to, you know, just like undo some of those huge divides.
46: Yeah, I would agree with that. I also think that society at whole, as whole, but also women, we hold women up to such a high moral standard mm-hmm. that's much higher than men. We, oh, yeah. We can't mess up. And so... And we represent all women. Right. One thing you do
36: means everything for everybody.
46: Right. So you you tend to get the extremes on both sides and you just lose nuance. And I don't know one topic or conversation in this world that doesn't have nuance, you know. And and I just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I don't think I'll ever be the person that's screaming at the top of my lungs that I've had an abortion. But, like, I'll sit down and talk to anybody who will have it, yeah. you know. And, and I just feel like there's a huge majority in there that— we just don't get talked about all that much.
36: Yeah. And then that just keeps propelling the stigma forward because right. then it's shut out. And then if the one in three, where are their right. voices? So I'm not going to add mine either. Right. Yeah. Well, also take it from a, if you
46: take it from a pro-life stance, if all you see are women screaming about they, how they don't care, but you believe that life begins at conception, I totally understand why you would think they were crazy. You and, think they're screaming how proud they are to kill a baby. Right. Totally. Right. And so you lack the ability to ever have a conversation with them if there isn't a group of people saying, no, hang on, hang on. I do believe I had a baby and I had to make this horrific choice and it was rough, but I had to make this choice and I can't make that choice for you and you can't make that choice for me.
1: There are few podcasts that make better use of sound and atmosphere than the very cool, very trippy Sassy Tarot hosted by Veronica Osorio. Described as an audio journey through the world of the tarot, Veronica provides interactive readings, explains the meaning of the cards and how to interpret them, shares unforgettable stories from her life, and brings on guests for live readings. And all the while, she's accompanied by a live, improvised soundtrack courtesy of musician Peter Mark Kendall. Sassy Tarot is a truly unique listening experience. Just listen to this clip featuring Beyond's very own Mike Kelton.
47: My angel experiences have been... uh... I don't know. A lot. I got... I I had a terrible... F- I was going to do this work. I was hired as an actress for this high-level thing. hmm And um, I had a terrible, random, like, out-of-nowhere fight with the producer.
13: hmm
47: I n- have never fought in my life. I'm so yeah, against conflict. I don't conflict. know you as
13: a contentious person.
47: I don't know myself either. I know that I get upset about it. Conflict makes me very stressed. I will... F- say things frontally mm-hmm. but i don't know how that escalated so and it turned into some mostly it was me in a corner being like f- defending myself and so i felt like a cage animal and that has never happened in my life oh, and i I'm left so sorry very like thank you i I left very like shaky and was like fuck that has never mm. happened like i try to like look back and regret it regret having reacted or uh-huh. said or and i couldn't regret really anything so uh-huh. i was kind of calm that way like i don't think there's one thing that i could have done differently mm-hmm. frankly yeah honestly but i don't even regret it yeah and it not in a bad way like i wish maybe it wouldn't have gone that way but i don't regret it but i couldn't get this like terrible yucky post-fight like doom, you know, like this like darkness in your yeah, Uh in your heart. So I went two days later to get a Reiki session because I wanted to clear that energy. Uh And also I was frankly losing my mind. I felt like they put like energetic like grips on me or something.
13: Yeah, that can happen. It can stick to you for sure.
47: If someone gets to you, if they manage to lower your vibration, your they get you in a bad place emotionally, Uh I've heard it's easier to to get it to attack you uh-huh uh and i have a little story about that um oh i love <laughs> two petty 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 stories oh i love
8: <laughs> i love petty
4: stories <laughs> I love <it> too.
47: <laughs> terrible <laughs> so i went to get the reiki session and i'm just like laying there she's doing her thing but one of the images that i had that was so heavy so strong before my accident, I prayed to Michael. Mm-hmm. I was like, please, Michael. Because that's my, no, no, my Italian grandpa. That's mm-hmm. his angel. And like, we just, we all pray to Michael. Mm-hmm. Not pray to, but ask. Mm-hmm. So Doreen Virtue is the one who ta- taught me like, when you want help, outside help, mm-hmm. you need to ask.
13: Yeah, you have to communicate with your yes. masters or whatever.
47: Because free will is. <laughs> True.
13: Uh
47: So, free will, you're going about your life, and then you're like, I don't know what to do with this, I don't know what to do with this. Instead of using your brain like that, you can just go, anyone who's qualified to help me with this, any idea, any thought, any person, please send it my way, because I need this help. And then... It, um, you at least are opening your brain mm-hmm. To receive oh, the yeah. solution Versus just like staying in the asking place If
13: you stay in the negativity of it Yes You kind of like tear yourself apart
47: Yeah, because you're not even actively looking for a solution mm-hmm. While when you ask Even if you don't believe in angels You're asking So you're putting your mind already in, uh-huh. that, in that position It's literally the
13: idea of like asking for help when you need it Yeah And people will help you if you ask
47: Yes So this is like a mental exercise to be like ask the energies available to please come to you and help you so i do that with the accident i i barely like i scratched myself basically even though it was hard when the reiki session was happening i closed my eyes blah, blah blah and then two huge muscular legs came out from inside of mine and then they were so 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 long that i got lifted from earth like literally saw the earth like becoming I'm obsessed smaller. Obsessed
13: with this. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> so you visualize two like big muscular. I
47: did it. this image. It's like when you, when you're between asleep and awake uh-huh. that a bunch of images just come uh-huh. and they're not. Uh huh. Yours, but they're not a dream. Uh-huh. That that stage. I'm obsessed. She was doing Reiki and I was like having random images and kind of thoughts because I'm still kind of conscious. And then two huge, muscular, super great, big legs grow from inside of mine. But they were like energetic
6: oh my
13: God.
47: legs. They lift me from the earth. And then I look back and there's uh, six feet long wings. Gigantic. Just the... the. I knew it was Michael and I knew he grew from inside of me. So as to say, like, you're protected from inside out. Mm-hmm. Lifted me from the earth and then walked with his two... It was like milky white with like a blue energy lining or something. Walked me from where I was on earth to a few steps and then he slowly put me down. (gasps) And then I landed in a different place. And then more images came. Like that image went. And then I realized I was like, oh... I. I woke up and then I told this girl who was doing Reiki to me and she was like, oh, that was Michael. And I was like, yeah, that's what I thought. She
13: knew it was Michael? Yeah.
47: She was like, this is Michael. And I was like, okay. Yeah, it was Michael. Oh my God, this story. (laughs) I know, it's crazy. I don't... I mean...
1: It is a bold move to introduce yourself to the world as the sister podcast of Los Culturistas, but that is exactly what Catherine Cohen and Pat Regan did this year with their podcast, Seek Treatment. And over the course of 20 plus episodes, they have proven themselves more than worthy of that title. In fact, Seek Treatment and Los Culturistas were just named Best Extended Podcast Universe of 2018 by Vulture. Wow, I didn't know that was an award. Each week, Kat and Pat invite on a guest to have a fun, flirty conversation about boys, sex, fucking, dating, and love. And the proof is in the goddamn pudding people please enjoy this clip from the episode sucking a dick is my wedding with guest amy solomon
21: i'm going through a lot of changes right now i really feel like i'm growing right
1: now i think i'm growing right now oh good i think i'm in this place where i'm getting things that i want and i think
5: in like three years i'll have everything i ever wanted mm-hmm. what i'm scared of is as i'm like getting closer to the things i want i'm, I'm, I'm realizing it not i'm fe- i'm seeing it not make me happy and i'm like oh my god this jack i've been chasing for a decade is going to be a um golden calf and i will never be happy.
21: I feel like my life is so perfect right now and everything good is happening. And I need to just enjoy it instead of being anxious all the time. I yeah. do feel like you have to
46: – I don't know. I don't quite know how to do it. But like you perform like – I was thinking about it last night with you performing at Joe's Pub. Like a literal thing you dreamed of in high school. I know. Like how do we stop and be like – holy shit
5: even some for me something as simple as like if, when i suck a dick i'm like i used to always want to suck a dick
20: <laughs>
48: absolutely <laughs> destroy the moment
5: <laughs> i was like 23 I, w- I remember being 23 and like having a dream that i sucked a dick and i was still closeted and i was like i wonder if i ever in my whole life Aww. suck a dick so just, even in something as simple as sucking a dick okay,
48: you should be
21: celebrating the dick sucking, sucking a dick is
19: my joe's pup show <laughs>
5: Your Joe's Pub Show at the Duplex. <laughs> yeah, my, Joe's, my Joe's Pub Show at the Duplex where ticket link is now available. This this podcast will come out the day of... Sucking a dick is- <laughs> and, and Joe's Pub Show is Catherine's Wedding. So by chance property, second a Dick is my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Me, second a Dick is Catherine's Wedding. Wait,
21: I'm obsessed with the transitive property and Joe's Pub <laughs> is my wedding.
5: <laughs> now listen... <laughs>
1: The second podcast in this episode, hosted by Lindsay Katai and Kelly Nugent, is the absolutely beloved Teen Creeps, a weekly book club of YA pulp fiction from the 80s and 90s, which joined Forever Dog at the beginning of 2018 and proceeded to rip through an incredible run of episodes, tackling titles such as Arlstein's The Prom Queen, Christopher Pike's Starlight Crystal, and L.J. Smith's Daughters of Darkness. Named one of the 25 best podcasts of 2018 by Cosmopolitan, Teen Creeps is, quote, the book club you wish you had when you were young. Except it's even better that you're discovering it now because you'll get more of the jokes. And beyond the books, one of the most compelling parts of Teen Creeps is the seemingly endless amount of awkward, hilarious, and exquisitely relatable coming-of-age stories that Lindsay and Kelly share, including the following clip from the episode on Stein's Cheerleaders' The Third Evil, in which Kelly introduces us for the first but not the last time to her very, very unforgettable aunt.
35: So I have an aunt Uh uh-oh who (laughs) nervous about where this is going makes everybody do things for her and like she's just very she's very strange like when she's talking to you she'll get out this little notebook and like take notes on what you're saying
20: (laughs) whoa yeah
35: she's intense and she's also a person that will like um she just like likes being pampered and like massaged and like that kind of thing, but like by people she knows. <laughs> oh my
43: God, what?
35: Yeah, it's pretty weird. Like, and she'll always like, um, like she said to my mom, they are the same age. She goes, "Twee, do you want, and this is how she talks too. Oh my God. Do you want me to braid your hair? And my mom was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, I just love the feeling of when people play with my hair and you have such beautiful hair. Do you mind if I play with it? Oh, (laughs) God. But she will do things like that. Like, she watch an ASMR video, lady, get the fuck out of my face. (laughs) (laughs) She will, like, I remember when she used to stay at my grandparents' house. There's like a guest bedroom and a guest bathroom. She would go into my grandparents', and both had bathtubs, go into my grandparents' master bathroom, take bubble baths. Leave the tub completely full with bubbles, <laughs> bubbles all over the floor, and then just take all of their towels, use every single one of their oh. towels, what, and then put them wherever she would like end up going. Then when she she'd put all the towels like on the kitchen table or whatever, wherever she was like done with her towels. And my grandma was like, oh, when you're going upstairs, could you bring the towels up and put them in the hamper? And she was like, oh, a wet towel is too heavy for me to hold. <gasps> oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but you were holding, holding the towel. I know that's no, how it's, it got wet. No, it's so. Are you insane? <laughs> there was so much Holy of it. shit. Yeah. I love this woman. Yeah. She was like I remember What oh. is her name? Oh, I don't know if I want to say it not as good as i was hoping no no let's call her what? annabella mm. annabella <laughs> um she uh also no, i remember no, no. no. i new name sorry no souffle souffle very good <laughs> souffle entree souffle entree <laughs> can uh, you can you just go hello i'm souffle entree and then say the thing about braiding hair again okay oh no i'll, I'll do an actual line that oh, she has okay. said oh, at, the, at the beach good Hello, I'm Soufflé Entree. Can you put suntan lotion in between my toes? Oh my god! Shut the fuck up! (laughs) No! And then her husband did it. No! And we were all like, "Ugh!" (laughs) (laughs) Soufflé Entree, you are too much. Um. Oh. Oh. So this is when my dad's driving. Oh, Mark, can you (laughs) please slow down when you go over the speed bumps? I. I oh don't leave before I place my seatbelt on. <laughs> this woman has also gone whitewater rafting, <laughs> so it's like uh, she I also has like a thousand ailments. About she's this a thousand story. ailments. She like uh, it's like mm, I need my tinctures. Okay, here's 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 an example of something that happened. Okay, where my grandma's like on her deathbed, she's dying, dying, dying. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody's in town. We're all waiting. What a in, way to intro! We're we're all waiting in the uh, in the waiting room. Uh, me and my cousins, who are all fairly normal, are all sitting here, just feeling you know a little bit sad, but also kind of punchy and weird. My aunt, first of all, she she was like, "I have to go to the bathroom," and I had to go also. So like, I went to the bathroom, and then she was like, "Oh, it is so nice of you to come with me into the bathroom," and I was like. I'm just I'm just going to Uh, bath. uh, Then so she comes back, we're all sitting. She opens up her she brought a cooler to the hospital, gets out a Costco sized thing of applesauce. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Like slowly and daintily like unscrews the top, gets out her spoon. No. Eats one spoon. No.
43: Closes No!
35: Was it like <laughs> one of those tiny spoons that you use to feed a baby was, that has like oh, the rubber the rubbery, on it? <laughs> no, but it was a to-go plastic, smallish spoon that's like you would throw away, but she had it. She used that. That And me and my cousins were like, oh, God, such a
32: weird fucking detail. And then she, and
35: then she like put it, put it away and then she got out her zippy bag of apple slices, ate one apple slice, closed it, and then put it away. She. She took a single bite <laughs> of applesauce and then ate a single a slice single of apple. apple. Or she'll also bring. Um, Her full name is Soufflé Apple Entree. Soufflé <laughs> Apple Entree. Su- Soufflé Apple Entree. <laughs> <laughs> Soufflé Apple Entree. Uh,
1: One thing that we here at Forever Dog will always remember about 2018 was getting the privilege to reboot Ben Acker and Ben Blacker's legendary podcast, The Thrilling Adventure Hour. Renamed The Thrilling Adventure Hour Treasury, we've released three episodes so far with many more on the way, featuring the triumphant return of classic segments such as Sparks Nevada, Marshall on Mars, Beyond Belief, and the cross-time adventures of Colonel TikTok, as well as new tales, new writers, new guest stars, and a bold new sound. All Treasury episodes are recorded in studio with expansive sound design and new musical themes and arrangements. You can expect one new episode from the Treasury every month in 2019, as well as a previously unreleased live recording from the Thrilling Adventure Hour vault. And if you want more of the Thrilling Adventure Hour, you can access the entire back catalog, complete libraries of classic segments, and bonus content on Patreon at patreon.com slash thrillingadventurehour. But in the meantime, please enjoy this holiday-themed rendition of Beyond Belief, featuring Paul F. Tompkins, Padgett Brewster, Rob Benedict, and Hal Lublin. It's time to
49: send the little ones to dreamland and set your radio's dial to spooky. Bolt the doors, lock your windows, and steal yourself a mysterious suspense in this evening's final feature, Beyond Belief. Meet Frank and Sadie Doyle the toast of the upper crust headliners on the society pages and oh yes they see ghosts who cares what evil lurks in the hearts of men
43: unless evil's carrying the martini tray darling
49: join the doyles in tonight's dark episode if these walls could talk our story begins in a penthouse apartment at the famed plaza hotel where frank and sadie doyle are about to taste the unknown
50: Eggnog. Eggnog. Here goes.
43: Oh, my. This tastes like the punchline of a joke in which a cow is walked into a bar. I care for neither the joke nor the drink. As you
50: suspected, the recipe was clearly incorrect. How much bourbon do you think would be sufficient to
43: nog an egg? All of it, I imagine. If not more, I can still taste it.
50: Take this, darling. The most astringent martini I know how to make... For emergencies only.
43: You had it ready, didn't you?
50: Anytime an uncertain mixer is involved, my Boy Scout training kicks in.
43: I do so love a man in uniform.
50: That did the trick. Shall we investigate the rest of this gift basket from the Vickers?
43: No reason to punish the other gifts. What else
50: have we got in here? Those small brown man cookies, their red and white walking sticks, chestnuts, which are basically poison. Speaking of which, freshen your drink?
43: Mmm... Look, Frank, a present. Shall I undress it?
50: Only if you wish for me to be jealous of it.
43: I do. <laughs> oh, this is truly quite something, Frank. Exquisite. Priceless.
50: Well, it's us.
43: This photo of us from the Vicar's Gala, the night I drank Mr. Vickers under the table.
50: I remember that table.
43: It held its liquor far better than the host.
50: That must be why I remember it so fondly.
43: And look at this picture's handsome frame. On the back, he's written, to the most winsome couple in Manhattan, Merry Christmas.
50: Christmas!
43: Is that still happening? Oh, Frank, we didn't get Mr. Vickers anything, and he got us us.
50: Well, let us think of something to get him. He's got everything he could ever want, save a stronger tolerance. How about you fix us another couple of rounds to think by, and I'll hang this picture on that wall. So rugged. Aren't I? Now, where is that instrument used to hang things?
43: A hammer? Yes. And that which is hammed? A nail? Here you are, my rugged darling.
50: All right. Just like dispatching a small vampire, you line up the stake, in this case a nail, and... Ow! Ah! <laughs> Who just screamed? You did! And who before that? I did! It was me.
39: Your wall. These walls can talk? Just this one. Just me. The West Wall.
43: You're my favorite wall. Papered as you are with a tanned, prickled texture.
39: Thank you. That's my skin. Or was. It is. The skin still is. It's just I that was. I suppose I kind of am.
43: So what precisely are you? And what exactly were you?
39: I'm this, now. But I was a man. 100% human.
43: A human man? The Plaza man said it was ostrich.
39: Nope. All me. Definitely me. I remember because it really hurt to get flayed alive. Never get flayed alive, I always say. Not if you can avoid it. Oh, please. Mr. Doyle, you could handle getting flayed any day of the week. You've been through so much. Ghosts, vampires. Hey, remember when all those genies came over? Vaguely. Oh, you must remember. You you were right over there, and you were all out of drinks. That seems both likely and
50: unlikely. You found a bottle, but instead of booze...
39: Hold it
43: right there. I will not tolerate a flashback episode. I forbid it.
50: Oh, we came right up to it, didn't we?
39: Sorry. I know I shouldn't have said anything in the first place, but in my defense... I was hammered.
43: Our most frequently used defense.
50: And I suppose I must apologize for taking a tool to you. Sorry, old chap.
43: My name is... was... is...
39: Walton, which is a coincidence, I admit. Wally the Wall. Like when guys named Taylor can really thread a needle, know what I'm saying? Not really. You mean to tell me you've
50: been watching, listening, spying this whole time? Would you prefer preferred I made my presence known? I think I might have.
43: I know I would have. Voyeurs
39: by invitation only. Yeah, I meant to, but I guess I never found my moment. But now's as good a time as any, right? Not like you've got another oddity knocking on that door today.
43: Right. Well, I require more drink. Frank, will you help me mix a martini by the, uh, East Wall? Certainly, Don. Frank, I'm not sure I like the non-consensual presence of this sentient surface.
50: I couldn't agree more, love. What's next, a garrulous floor? No, thank you.
43: We must find a way to move him off. Are you guys talking about me? No. No. Yeah, you are.
39: Are you talking about exercising me from this wall? Why would you ever think this? I know you. That's what you
50: do. As it turns out, we've decided to exorcise you from our wall.
43: But where will I go? Come again?
50: The spirits you exercise, do you know what happens to them?
43: it depends on
50: them. Walton, unless we're upset, we tend to send them where they think they should go based on their circumstances and perspective. So they could end up someplace terrible, like
39: a, a swimming pool filled with wigs and mustard.
43: Only if that is their rather specific fear. It is. And they believe that's what they deserve. I do. Then, yes.
50: Do you drink? You sound like you could use a drink.
39: <sighs> Pack when I was a guy with hands... I never had friends like you. Now the Frank Doyle is asking me to dance. drink. To drink. And all I can do is stand here like some kind of... Some kind of... uh God, I'm sure there's a word for it.
43: Now don't get too down. It was a good run. You've been part of our adventures all along, Walton. We just didn't know it.
39: Yeah. It's been fun.
43: Are you... It's been real fun. Uh, God,
39: it's been so much fun.
43: Uh, please don't cry.
39: I'm sorry. It, I've made it awkward now
50: Only now? Just now you've made it
39: awkward? To be awkward is to be aware
50: Descartes
43: You're sure you don't want a drink?
39: I don't have any kind of digestive tract But if you wouldn't mind not exercising me I won't make a
43: peep again It'd be like I'm not even here
50: As if I could forget
43: Perhaps Sadie has the solution You are the wallpaper, not the wall itself
39: Yes, I'm more of a skin condition than anything else, really
43: Shall we peel you off the wall, then?
50: And do what with me?
43: Deliver you somewhere nice. Do
50: you fancy Bermuda this time of year? They've got plenty of walls there on which to live out the rest of your bizarre consciousness. That's the thing. I'm not sure I want to be a wall anymore.
39: Well, then what would you care to be? I'm basically leather. Instead of watching you, always watching you, I could be wrapped around you, Mrs. Doyle, holding you.
50: No. I do not like the sound of any of that.
43: Nor do I.
50: Me neither.
43: Neither what you said, nor how you said it.
50: No. But you know who would love a -a one-of-a-kind coat for Christmas? Mr. Vickers, to whom we owe a gift. Wonderful.
43: May we dispatch two birds with you, Walter?
50: Uh, Frankly, I don't know if I want some strange man to wear me. Vickers isn't strange. He merely traverses the globe in a boring old copper zeppelin filled with trunks and trunks of dull old money and everyday flammable gas. What's strange about that?
43: Luxuriously on the edge. He calls himself
50: the thrillionaire, which is either ridiculous or admirable. Honestly, I go back and forth. I don't know. Listen, you can be a coat or remain a wall, but you can't stay here. Fine. Mr. Vickers, coat it is.
43: Here we go. I'll just reach up and peel you at this corner, Walton. Oh, my God, that is painful! Oh, dear. Maybe all in one go, like pulling off a Band-Aid, but in a scenario in which it hurts only the Band-Aid.
39: Just do it. Just do it. Don't talk about it. Just do it. Just, 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 just do it.
43: Oh, Jesus! Mary Joseph, don't well, well, what we need is a little lubrication.
50: What is that? A gimlet for your glue.
39: Whoa. Who said I couldn't drink me Wrong
50: I was wrong. I apologize.
43: Walton's feeling quite nicely now wouldn't you say Frank?
50: I would describe Walton as supple. This is honestly a dream come true.
43: hmm uh, what is this on your skin, Walton? some kind of marking <laughs>
39: He found my tattoo A tattoo Were you a sailor? No, I was a member of a secret society. I should never have joined a secret society. I just knew I'd end up a wall. They always do. You know.
43: Frank, we've seen that tattoo before.
50: I think I'd remember.
43: Turn it upside down.
50: Ooh. Oh, this is from the Triangle Club. They tried to recruit me about ten years back.
43: Frank, isn't that when the plazas at an outside contractor had gifted us the ostrich wallpaper?
50: And the wallpaper arrived after we concluded that the Triangle Club was nothing but
43: a men's group for warlocks. Indeed. Didn't we put a stop to their entire chapter? You eradicated the Isosceles' cauldron? No, no, no,
50: no, no. We helped them eradicate themselves. Oh, you did. The club felt like a
39: very wronged triangle, Mr. Doyle, determined to make it a right.
43: Are you saying they flayed you because of our actions, Walton?
39: Oh, no, I got flayed way before that, for infidelity. And not even mine. You know Pythagorean? Warlock? Yeah, his wife. is whose infidelity it was.
43: Well, why would they ever save you for us?
39: Oh, well, my punishment was to be a punishment. I... Honestly, I'm supposed to drain your souls. I'm what's called a, um... Oh, man, I can never remember. But it's bad. It's a word that means a patch of cursed skin that drains out
50: souls. Um, God, yeah, I, I don't remember. You guys know? No. Wally, have you been draining our souls? Please be honest. I would never. No, I mean...
39: I was supposed to. I was gonna. But then I couldn't do it because I loved you guys right away.
43: We are touched, Walton. But if we send you as a coat to Mr. Vickers, are you going to drain his soul?
39: If he's not as charming as you,
50: maybe.
43: I suppose we can't send him to Mr. Vickers then, can we, Frank?
50: No, Vickers is more eccentric than charming. That wouldn't do. Shall we send you to that warlock who flayed you and then tried to destroy us? Is he still kicking? Oh, Pythagorean... Yeah, let me see. Mm -hmm.
39: What are you seeing exactly? I'm expanding my consciousness outward. All, um, whatever I'm called can do this. Mm -hmm. Ah, yep. Got him. He's alive, barely. He and his wife are in a nursing home in
50: Queens. Would you enjoy to take his soul before it slips out of him?
39: Oh boy, would
50: I? And it would be nice to see Angela again. Then we shall visit a nursing home. A nursing home in Queens. you do that for me? It's Christmas, apparently.
43: And you're like family. Family, we do not want to stay with us, which is just exactly who you deliver to a nursing home.
50: In Queens.
43: Then it seems like we've got this triangle club situation squared away. I'll roll you right up now, Walton. Oh, Frank, with Walton off to Queens, we're without a gift for the thrillionaire.
50: What do you get for the man who has everything? Oh! You have it?
43: I believe I have. For the man who has everything, you get him the one thing he doesn't have. Nothing? Nothing.
50: It's perfect.
43: Just like your eyes, my love.
50: My eyes? Have you seen your nose? You want to talk about perfection, look in a mirror. Your nose, your ears, your lips.
43: Your lips.
50: What about them?
43: Put them right here.
50: But darling, I'd get them all over your lips.
43: Yes, you would, wouldn't you? Yes.
50: But they're perfect.
43: Hey, guys. They can take it. Guys, you're Mwah. on me. Mwah. Guy. Uh, g- guy. Uh, hey,
39: guys, could you move me to the east side of the room? I always kind of want to see what it's like over there. Mwah. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, God. Uh, if, I, uh, if I could. Uh, don't want to interrupt. Uh, but... Uh, Mwah. Guys. <laughs>
49: And so, Frank and Sadie find themselves walking tall in the face of a talking war. Revenge is a dish best left unserved to those married mediums, lest they find out about it, get it drunk, and send it back one-fold. Join the Doyles next time when they once again walk beyond belief in a horrifying Hanukkah episode titled The Lady of the Latkes, colon, deedle diedle diedle
1: Doom." This next clip comes from a new podcast that premiered appropriately the day after the midterm elections this year. It's called This Is What Democracy Pods Like, and it's hosted by comedians and progressive firebrands Billy Domino, Oscar Montoya, and Kate Friedman. Each week, Billy, Oscar, and Kate trade hot takes on the week in politics, take the temperature of the resistance, and interview unforgettable guests like Young Al Gore, Death Obsessed Dan Rather, Sexy Wyoming politician Ross Denison and the head of non practicing lesbians for Ted Cruz, Cheyenne Dykes. In the following clip, Billy and Kate read selections from their post midterms congressional erotic fan fiction. Enjoy.
16: We've got that Democratic House coming up in January uh, that'll be sworn in, and Pelosi's likely going to take back that gavel. We'll see Marsha Fudge coming for it. Who knows? But We've been waiting for this for not even just two years since Trump was elected. We've been waiting for this for eight years now, since okay. 2010. That's right. And we've had some ideas in mind of what might happen when that house is taken back. Absolutely. Ideas that excite us. Yeah. Ideas that make us whisper. Hmm. Ideas that make us scream. But uh, Kate and I have written up some stuff. Oscar didn't because Oscar uh, was busy last night. Uh, do What? What were you busy with Oscar. He has no answer for that he's just touching his coffee as so if it's going to save him somehow uh it's not Kate, do you want to read uh, your little story? show us what's in your brain what you're hoping for we get politically out of this house.
51: Thank you for the invitation Billy i'm mm-hmm. really excited to <clears throat> have an outlet for my excitement about the house and my own sexual energy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the air was heavily perfumed by fresh glistening sampler baskets. Abby was so excited she could barely take a bite as Nancy Pelosi kept talking to her on and on and on. No one told me Congress was going to be this fun, Abby said as she took an ill-informed drag, shooting her straight to the moon. I'm with all that, Nance, but I'm going to be all up in that probe giving my best O face. Oh, 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 Adam Schiff said as a few people laughed. Not my best. Sorry, guys, Adam said as he asked for the bill. Adam, 1992 might have been Year of the Woman, but this is 2018 and it's Year of the Woman telling you to shut the fuck up, Nancy said, as all the ladies laughed together in a glorious way. Abby couldn't believe the night was all already over. Or was it? All of a sudden, it was February and the house was in full swing. New and extremely strict gun background checks were in play and community policing totally took a turn for the best and across the country was totally responsible behind uh, the peaceful burnings of excess guns around the country. Maroon Five had even played at a recent gun burning event in Austin and it was dope as fuck. Everything was coming up Democrat. As they were about to break for lunch, Nancy Pelosi let everyone know that Trump was stepping down as president because Greg Pence got a message from God that it was the right thing to do. The White House was about to install the House of Reps as one really big new president. Hear, hear, everyone shouted. Abby squealed in delight. She couldn't believe that she was part of an even bigger moment in history that happened in record time. Just as she was about to call her dad and tell him the good news, she felt another naked, unsocked foot fall upon hers. When she looked up, she was shocked at who was on the other end of the leg, grazing hers. Oh
16: my god. Oh yeah, oh that sounds like a walk around the block after that one.
51: <laughs> Thank you for letting me get some of those thoughts and feelings Woo! out.
16: I mean, everyone knows that the key to erotica uh, is specifics and mm-hmm. chilies, Alexandria, Hampton Inn, Maroon Five. Uh, these
51: are okay. all things that uh, that make that make parts of my body shout. Mm-hmm. That's so nice. Thank you. It's so nice to have like a warm reception to something that like you write and is such a piece of you and it's so vulnerable and like, you know, you're questioning like, did I put too many time jumps in there? Is it making sense? Like, and it's just, it just feels really nice, guys. Thank you.
16: We are not about kink shaming. We are about kink celebration. That's no right. matter the kink, no matter if it's dangerous to others, uh, you know, you need to do what you need to do in order to express yourself in your body.
29: Wow. Kate, well, thank you so much for sharing this work of art <laughs> um billy um yes,
16: let's hear yours please yeah. i'll admit mine doesn't have as many time jumps mine takes place in sort of more in real time but uh
51: well, that's interesting
16: in its own way that's really maybe interesting. that's oh, equally interesting. erotic after a grueling eight weeks of auditions and experimental workshopping where several congress people lost their lives due to trust falls today everyone will learn the committee appointments quickly the shouts start to rise above the din As excitement fills the room with sexy feelings, Mitch tepidly walks towards the corkboard. What committee will he be on? Energy and commerce? Yearbook? Everyone sees Mitch walking close, his neck glistening in the indoor breeze. The crowd parts and a hush falls over. A hush like that time Mr. Boehner cried during the Earth Day assembly. No one wants to be near Mitch when he finds out the news. Mitch scrolls the list with his sexy, hot finger. Commerce? No. Veterans Affairs? No. Pep Squad and Agriculture? Not even that one. Mitch is sad. A tear starts to trickle down his cheek as Ted Lou, and Elijah Cummings make out by the junior lockers. Get a room, shouts Jody Ernst through her headgear covered in 4-H stickers. Adam and Elijah do not get a room. They just keep sucking neck, their lips glistening in the indoor breeze. Mitch is about to give up and go home, thinking this new Congress is one he won't be a part of. He'll just have to go home and kill himself like he always does. But just then, he sees one tiny list at the very bottom of the cork board. It has his name on it, but it's the only name?
31: Oh my god,
51: more. Give us more,
27: Billy. That was far Uh. too
51: short.
16: Holy crap. If you want more, go to your local library and write this there on a public computer
29: is it a published work that you
16: i don't know what do you call wordpress is is wordpress publishing or not i don't know
29: i'm never really
27: i'm i'm fully steamed up i really am
16: is it legally published i don't know is this in the library of congress yes (laughs) but i don't know what i don't know what weight you want to give that
1: guess what forever dog has a baseball podcast and it's about more than baseball and it's really really good. It's called Three Swings, and on each episode, long-suffering baseball fan Rhea Butcher reinvents America's pastime with radically sensible thoughts on baseball, history, culture, gender, race, politics, and more. John Lingan over at Deadspin hit the nail on the head when he described Three Swings like this. For Butcher, as for everyone else that cares about the game, baseball is an escape, a beautifully pointless hobby that nevertheless connects us to our friends, family, city, and youth. But Three Swings is a baseball show for an anxious age, one where everything feels connected and ambiently doomed. As such, it has become a journey of a host's self-reflection and self-reinvention. The ragged optimism of that evolution is always visible. Well put. Couldn't agree more. Please enjoy the following clip from Three Swings.
48: We've got a big trade, which is Daniel Murphy to the Cubs. Uh, Daniel Murphy's outspoken homophobia began when he was with the Mets in 2015, Billy Bean, former MLB player and current inclusion ambassador, was visiting the Mets in spring training to share his experiences as a closeted professional athlete and to discuss strategies to the MLB to become more inclusive and accepting of gay athletes, executives, and fans. Um, And just to put a pin in this there, uh, Billy Bean has since said that he retired from baseball because he did not feel he could come out and continue to play baseball, and he needed to come out. Um, So I think that's an important thing to keep in mind when discussing Billy Bean. Um, I think it's always important to keep a timeline of these things, regardless of what it is um, in mind, which you could also consider to be context that he retired early from uh, not just the sport that he loved and something he was, uh, you know, uh, blessed, I guess, to to be able to do. Um, He also had to retire from work Quit his job, essentially, so that he could be his true self. And I don't think we think about that uh, often. You know, we think about, we we look at, you know, the internet and everybody's so pro-LGBTQ plus IA. Like, everybody's so pro-everything and everybody thinks everything's fine now. But, like, you gotta think about these things (laughs) where, yeah, he's all over the place and they made this position for him. But he, that's because he had to retire so that he could be who he is. And that's a big deal. You know, that's kind of a big problem. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm more concerned about that, that people don't have to quit their jobs or be fired from their jobs than I am about, you know, whether or not a team sells a rainbow flag shirt in their pro shop. You know, it's it, 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 one thing is making money and then the other thing is preventing a human being from doing a job. You know, so I think that, both things are important, but one might be a little bit more important for me. Um, so, in response to Billy Bean's visit, Murphy first called the idea of forward thinking before proceeding to say that because of his Christian beliefs, he disagreed with Bean's lifestyle. The full quote is this. I do disagree with the fact that Billy is a homosexual Something very specific about Christians using the word homosexual, but whatever. Anyway, that doesn't mean I can't still invest in him and get to know him. I don't think the fact that someone is a homosexual should completely shut the door on investing in them in a relational aspect. I would say you can still accept them, but I do disagree with the lifestyle 100%, maybe, as a Christian. Oh, sorry. New sentence. 100%. Maybe, as a Christian, we haven't been articulate enough in describing what our actual stance is on homosexuality. We love the people. We disagree with the lifestyle. That's the way I would describe it for me. It's the same way that there are aspects of my life that I'm trying to surrender to Christ. That's a great deal of many things, like my pride, which I think is such an interesting choice of words, and I'll get back to that. I just think that as a believer trying to articulate it in a way that says, just because I disagree with the lifestyle doesn't mean I'm not going to speak to Billy Bean every time he walks through the door. That's not love. That's not love at all. Now, I have to admit that in 2015, when this happened, I had just started getting back into baseball in 2015. 2013, 2014. 2015 was the first World Series that I watched since probably 2006. um, Because I really was uh, out of sports for a long time. Men's professional sports for a long time. And I found out about this stuff mostly via like TV clips and then maybe the internet. But I don't really know. It was a combination. And I didn't read the whole quote. And I didn't hear the whole quote. And I'll be honest. I just kind of saw homophobic baseball player and went fuck that guy and that's on me number one i have in the past like i don't know year of this year really tried to slow down and not just like i'm gonna say retweet but i I, it's a metaphor for everything which is everything has turned into such like clickbait where it's boiled down to this essential nature that is an attempt to get your attention and also inspire either rage, panic, or happiness. And so I have tried really hard to, if there is something that I see and it inspires any of those things in me, and it is on a website that is a real thing, I try to take a moment to read it and see if that's what they're actually saying, you know? Because I've seen so many news headlines or tweet l- headlines that literally do not line up with what the actual article is saying. And it's it's so uh, disparaging and so frustrating and so toxic for everything that um, you really owe it to literally yourself to pay more full attention to the things that you want to comment on. You know, like... I I both bristle and completely agree with the idea that there is outrage culture, because I think that for a lot of people, outrage has become the new PC culture, and like all of these things are like a toss-away, just a way of diminishing someone saying, hey, stop treating us badly. (laughs) But at the same time, there is also people who just jump on board with a thing and act like it's the craziest, worst thing that's ever happened. Let's all burn everything down. And so there's got to be a middle ground here of going, wait a minute, what is this actually about? What is this person actually trying to say? And so I'm actually grateful to the fact that this guy was traded somewhere, that we're all going back and looking at this again, because I think that there's a lot here because I haven't even gotten to the fan reaction to the fact that Daniel Murphy is playing in Chicago. Um, just to go back to his quote, I, 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 actually, um, I actually think that what he is trying to get at, while I f- disagree, <laughs> because I don't think you can disagree with a human being's existence, because he is able to, as a non-LGBTQ person, and as a his type of christian person with his belief system is able to see his lifestyle as a norm or an acceptable one or following christ or whatever or neutral he is in the sort of neutral position to be able to say you know essentially hate the sin not the sinner and it's a sort of evolved position from hate the sin not the sinner to say i disagree with your lifestyle but that doesn't mean I'm not going to engage with you as a human being. And the reason I'm even saying this, and I hope that all of you who f- probably disagree with me right now understand that I am a 36-year-old queer person who has lived their life as a gender non-conforming uh, person and also a butch lesbian and also all of the things that I've been in my life. I have not been accepted. I have been treated like shit simply for the way I exist on this planet. So please keep that in mind when I say all this stuff. I am somebody that has, I don't like Daniel Murphy as a player. I don't even like his, I don't like his style of play. But I have to be very honest about the way this guy is talking. That I actually think that someone speaking this way about that is someone that you could have a conversation with and say, I get what you're saying, but this is why I think it's wrong. Can we have a conversation about this? Do you realize that as a human being, you cannot separate my existence from my humanness? And the fact that I am queer is not a lifestyle. It is an existence. It is not something that I put on because I feel like it.
1: Moving now from the baseball diamond to the farthest reaches of outer space, we arrive at Treks in the City. An episode-by-episode recap of Star Trek The Next Generation hosted by Alice Wetterlin and Veronica Osorio that features the absolute best in feminist sci-fi comedy plus soundboard sound effects, original songs, and amazing guests like Paul F. Tompkins, Amanda Seals, John Lovett, Ira Madison III, Jolkin Booster, and many, many more. For Star Trek diehards and novices alike, Treks in the City has an absolute treasure chest of a back catalog. So subscribe and get caught up now before Alice and Veronica jump into season four in 2019. And in the meantime, enjoy this clip of Alice, Veronica, and guest Whitmer Thomas singing an improvised pop punk song about the android Data and his android offspring lol from season three, episode 16, The Offspring.
47: I'll, I have something queued up. Oh, yeah. There you go. What am I
1: singing
48: about? Saying goodbye to Law.
5: Okay. Law was a really nice little robot. (laughs) She felt a little too much. She liked her daddy and she liked his touch. She had emotion. She knew about paintings. She would spit a drink on her shirt. And one day, she got too smart. (laughs) And her little heart was torn apart <laughs> So she had to be repaired But no matter how fast Da-da-daddy's <laughs> hands could move, She had to die Because they couldn't improve her Oh, da-da-daddy Da-da-daddy daddy, 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 could have given her a deep
42: demean Oh my god, what
11: a delight.
47: A best- I wish you would just record an album talking about... Well, we are going to record an album, so maybe we
51: can <laughs> have
52: that song be on, <laughs>
47: be on it. I'll always do like um, uh, little choruses if you need me. Right, thanks. So, Y'all are really you'll good. You'll be there. Thank you.
1: The Unofficial Expert with Sydney Washington and Marie Faustin is a podcast that we have always listened to with absolute awe at how funny it is, how fast it is. And so when Sydney and Marie brought the Unofficial Expert to Forever Dog this year, we were ecstatic. Each episode, Sydney and Marie invite on a guest who claims to be an expert in a very specific field. Flirting, porn, daddy issues, online dating, cookouts, stalking, sex toys, runaway brides. And they interview the guest to test their expertise, deciding by the end of the episode whether or not to crown them an unofficial expert. Please enjoy the following clip from the episode Sex Date Expert with guest Molly Austin.
19: So I show up to the date and, well, first of all. Wow. Threesomes are a uh, weird group of people to break into. I will Mm. say as uh, because like, well, I just want to
53: let you know, people who are openly looking for threesomes are fucking weird like I, any threesome i've had it just fucking happened any threesome you've had Man.
11: how many threesomes have you had
53: since uh, i just no. you know you give
44: us a Ball number podcast. i need a
19: hard number yes like hard like her spine uh, brace i need like a one two three four give me it. am i in the teens where am i with this no bitch it's less than it's less than it's five so four <laughs>
44: so
53: no
19: so five
53: <laughs> she's had at least five. Whatever, ho. This is about you. This ain't about me.
44: But let's talk about your. Threesome.
53: I didn't know you had
19: five threesomes. Isn't that
44: crazy that she's had
19: six threesomes? <laughs> I mean,
44: seven is the lucky she, number. Eight threesomes is crazy, dude. I can't believe you had that
53: many. Let the listeners think whatever they want to. Y'all know damn well I haven't. What been What are with you me. doing with your boobs right now? I'm just massaging. She's missing my bo- the threesome because <laughs> it, it was more
44: hands on her boobs before. <laughs> I feel like I'm at the gyno with you.
53: Uh, wait, what? I'm not touching myself. Just like You like checking for lumps i don't i don't check
44: anyway go ahead yes Mm. you gotta check i know but i feel like they look smooth Mm. you know that's true
53: you're a fool anyway (laughs) so
44: you're you meet up with these people
53: so weird
19: so i meet up with these people and did you have a preference you wanted
44: i mean i guess it was gonna be a girl and a guy
19: well no i was open no i was like open to discussing all options guy and guy i'm like
30: Ooh. That's that's, a porno.
19: Feels, I don't know, something about two dicks feels very violent to me. Yeah. Like Like swords. Like swords. Right? Like pew, 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 pew. pew, And like you get a cut somewhere, right? But I'm like also like not shut down to the idea. But I'm also not like
53: Molly, you would take two dicks. That's at what the I mean. Same time. I feel like I'm not judging you, but I'm judging you. Sounds judging like you're you. judging sis. Yeah. <laughs>
19: I think it would have to be like a very. I don't know. I just like I don't. I don't think I could handle two dicks. I had a friend who could I I two took, dicks. Do you dicks. think you could handle two dicks? No, I feel
44: like you could handle two dicks. Is what why I said. you
19: feel like I wipe? What about me?
44: <laughs> <laughs> I feel what like Molly. You would have like dicks? you'd have one like getting snacks set up, and then you would bang one, and then like he would rest, and then you would eat. You know, li- little little break, then yeah. bang the other one. Well, Molly, one. you got a new back, so you definitely could take two dicks. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do have a new back. <laughs> Maybe not two big dicks, but like a like a medium sized dick, and then like a.
19: I'm not fucking around <laughs> with two dicks for oh, for.
44: Deal for Be-be-be-be-be. below average dick. Mm. I mean, I feel like people who have threesomes don't have great dicks. I, honestly, in my mind I'm I assuming I want to say yeah. You're no. right.
53: right, that's why they need as, help. As a threesome expert, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you no.
19: <laughs> yeah, on her nine
44: threesomes. Yeah. Anyway.
19: So. so, I get there. I get there. He's there already and what he looked like? I mean, mm. Tell like, about it, like Clark Kent, really? like six, three, real broad, Ooh. real, like tall, dark, and handsome. Mm-hmm. just like a knight, like a, like a retired Chippendale. He's like okay. fucking buff. and mm-hmm. he's like hot. You are but, painting the photo here. Yes. I mean, this man is just like his hands like fit across my entire back. Like he's huge. Wow. He's a huge like a giant, beautiful man who like, yeah, he's like a giant. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, His right. Like, <laughs> 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 so you a are molly. a dork. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so.
4: but
44: if, if he's that big and that fine, I would assume that means he either doesn't speak English or he's very dumb.
19: Right. Yes. No, I, I, I made that. No, I definitely made because I once I dated a male model. So I was like, perfect. Right. This They're is like, right up my alley. They don't
53: like no words. I mean, I've seen a picture of him. He's good looking, but he don't look dumb.
19: No, he's actually not. He's actually very smart. He looks
53: smart. I can see the way he
19: parts his fucking hair. He has a hair. He he has a part. He He has a part. Yes. He parts his hair. It's smooth. He's like slick. He's like very. Molly,
44: you should have led with the fact that he parts his hair. I said Clark Kent. I didn't know that. Superman was <laughs> I know that Clark Kent had glasses Clark and Kent
19: flies through the air and Never loses his part Never
44: loses that curl
19: <laughs>
44: So what does The girl look like
19: So she's late And we are like And I was like Which whoa. is a
53: Terrible move for her Because oh if God. I bring in my man And meet another bitch Oh I'm getting there early Oh, I'm, yeah. we're yeah. pulling up together no 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 i'm getting there early i'm like no together is this. the move right like, it was weird where was she that me, he got there first Me, me early i'm gonna get there early talk to the waiter listen another bitch is coming in and yeah 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 it's gonna be messy so Rhett. well
19: she get. oh my god sydney is really why is it so violent for you <laughs> and it was like i'm under the well i'm told that it's her idea mm. the whole thing is her idea the that whole means thing he's is... about
53: to break up with her and she's panicking right Right, that's what that is. Wow,
19: you just ruined the end
53: of the story. Sydney. well, I'm, well that's no, what no, happened. No, but um, no, I'm saying that's a fact. Like, if you were like, "Yo, I'll do whatever you want so you could stay," it would be a threesome. Well, yeah, that's not me.
44: What, See, this, this is why I don't. This is why I don't care about how men feel. I'm not. A desperate Hail Mary pass to keep my man is to bring another chicken to the situation.
19: No, no no no, Girl, no, 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 I would never I'd be like, if you want to go, go. And, and also I'm never gonna bring someone into my situation. Yeah. I'm going I'm I'm, I'm going sp- out. I'm going out. I'm yeah. going out for food. <laughs> I'm going you out. know what I'm talking about? Because I, I want to go home. I don't want these people in my home. I don't want them no. in my space. Mm, I don't no. want like no. 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 I'm here. I don't want to never see these people again. I don't even want them to be from this coast. Yeah. Boom. Well, you said California. Look at God.
21: Look at God.
1: In addition to the thrilling adventure hour, we also had the privilege this year of working with Ben Blacker on another one of his podcasts, The Writers Panel, which celebrated its 400th episode this year with an amazing live show at Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles. The Writers' Panel has one of the most impressive back catalogs you will ever find, featuring in-depth interviews with Vince Gilligan, Amy Sherman-Palladino, Jordan Peele and Keegan Michael Key, Damon Lindelof, and many more television luminaries. The Writers' Panel is the definitive guide to our golden age of TV, and I hope you enjoy this highlight from the live 400th episode, which featured an incredible panel of writers and showrunners, including Caroline Dries, Latoya Morgan, Alexander Cunningham, Monica Breen, Christine Boylan, Chernold Edwards. Angela Kang and Jennifer Hutchinson.
9: Well, it seems it seems to me that a lot of the
17: requests for free work come from a place of fear yes. uh, on the the buyer's side. It's we we need to feel secure in paying you to do this thing. So do all
28: the free stuff first.
17: But
54: what's hard is when you go into pitch. And I would love to hear from every everybody here who's like sold all this stuff because I've sold certain things and some things go and some things don't. But they want a. Uh, this is such a Tony Robbins thing of like a need for a need for a need for like certainty and a need for adventure mm-hmm. at the same time and and that's what they want they want certainty they want to know you have all the secrets of the universe in your iPad or in your cards or in your head however your pitch but they also want to be enticed so they want you to tell them everything but they don't want you to tell them everything because they want to, they want to be seduced yeah. and and that's important too so like the last I've been back and forth working on a couple of pitches the last couple of months, and trying to find that level of. I'm the kind of person who I will like arrest you for eight hours and tell you every single detail of this whole world, and nobody wants that, obviously, right? Um, but at the same time, the ten-minute pitch is like I haven't even gotten into the part where the angels come down. Just you know, <laughs> just give me five more minutes, you know. Uh, so, I mean, the balance of what do you keep and what do you, what do you not keep, and walking into a room where. If you're pitching on a book, you have to assume no one's read that book, sure, even though the people you're bringing with you, the producers will have read it and they know it. And, you know, maybe, you know, the author, maybe that's going great podcast. They probably heard it. Right. But they're not readers. Right. Yeah. Well, I, they, I mean, and to be fair, they they have to read a lot. Sure. And they all have families. Absolutely. And, it's, you know, I get that. But you know, I don't do you, get it. <laughs> I want them to have read more, but I never expect it. You know, I, that's the thing. So, uh, yeah, what's the balance for you guys of, of like, uh, of, of like seduction and enticement versus, listen, here is a chart of five to seven seasons, and here <laughs> are the points we're going to hit, and it's going to spike on Twitter, season four, because of this. Right. Just trust me. Like, <laughs> what, how do we do that?
17: Well, and the details that you think are important versus the ones that are important yeah. for telling that story.
34: I mean, well, first of all, sometimes it doesn't help if they've listened to the podcast. I found that like I had better pitches on Night Vale when maybe they weren't as familiar with it because they have expectations. If they've listened to it, they think this is going to be who you're following. This is going to be what the show is, and then if you don't meet those, then you're not you're not selling to that place. Um, it's a hard balance, and this is something I consistently struggle with. I am the person where I go in and I'm like it's never the right amount of detail. Like if I overdo it. Uh, my agent's like, oh, wow, you really, apparently you gave a lot of detail. And then if I underdo it, it's like, oh, they want you to come back. And it's a hard balance. And so I think the thing that I have found is, because you're right, they want to know everything, but they don't want to know anything. What they really want to know is, do you know everything? Yeah. Yeah. And and if you can communicate that to them, then I think that's when you have a more sort of successful moment. Um, and so when it comes to details, I try to do a thing where like there are specific details that I highlight that are important to me that I feel like... I can pitch really well because they're meaningful for me. And then they're like, oh, she has details. There must be more details. Um, it's not always successful, but I think that's the thing. It's like, do you have a point of view that's really strong? Can we can we invest in you even if we don't have it all in our heads?
9: Yeah, Monica, you were uh, oh, nodding no, your head during a, this.
42: I mean, I have no answer to this because I struggle <laughs> with it all the time. And the one... The most successful pitch I had, which was Midnight, Texas, I walk in and give them 30 minutes of a small-town story, and it was based on a book that no one had read, and I was. they looked at me and said, turn around, Monica. And I turn around, and there's a picture of um, Jamie Alexander's back with all the tattoos on it, you know? And they're like, make it that, and you got a deal. And they walk out. I'm getting high fives from the producer. I'm like, what just happened? I didn't picture that, though, at all. Like, it's a small-town soap opera. What is, what is this? And, and then... Before they picked up the show, because I was like, they're never making show. the show. I got the pilot made. It was delightful. I had a really lovely time. I was in New Mexico. It was really pretty. And um, I was like, no one's ever doing the show. There's a talking cat. There's angels. I don't even, it's crazy town. But it was a small town soap with supernaturals. And I get called in. It's like, can you make it a demon of the week? Because if you can, you got to sail. And I'm like, What did I pitch? Why did I pitch? Just tell me what you want This is a make your own adventure So like I don't I don't 100% Have answers Because it was successful Huh. It worked, and the Wait, show, is- as wackadoo as it was, got a second season. Mm-hmm. So, in a strange way, I'm just like, all right, let me just go into this like little, you know, rabbit hole and just figure out what's happening because mm-hmm. none, no, no one knows. Like sure. that's what's amazing to me that this no is, one. This knows. is
54: NBC. This was NBC, right? And what, what year was this? This last, is like two years, two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. This is like right after we fucked up on Constantine and did a serialized. Oh yeah, <laughs> show we with demons. And they, yeah, and they yeah. were like, "Can't you just make it like grim? Can't you just, can't you just know, do an amazing. exorcism of the week?" I was like, "But all exorcisms are kind of going to look the same if we do that." But you nailed it, so. <laughs> uh,
42: I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it was just, it was you work very hard on your pitches and you work very hard on creating a world in your mind that you understand and you know how to break the story, you know what the emotional arcs are, and then you just get thrown these things. Pow! (laughs) Make it this! And you're like, alright! And I mean... You know, part of it for me is I always think of this job a little bit like a project runway challenge. Like it's like, go to the 99 cent store and make a gown. And like, and I feel like that keeps me sane because otherwise I will go crazy when they tell me to make a gown out of, out of construction debris. But that's, you know, part of the fun of the job is like, all right, well, let's make a gown, I guess.
1: From A to Z, we have finally arrived at the end of the Forever Dog roster with Alexis G. Zoll's innovative interview podcast, Zall Good. On each episode of Zall Good, Alexis interviews a fellow comedian, entertainer, or influencer about their life and career. And she also interviews one of their parents or siblings or best friends or colleagues to get the real story behind their public persona. The interviews are then cut together in a point-counterpoint fashion that makes Zolgood really unlike any other interview podcast you've ever heard. In the following clip, our last clip, Alexis talks to comedian and director Bo Burnham and his sister Sam.
27: Enjoy. I was always incredibly, incredibly competitive. And I still am competitive. And I have to unlearn that stuff. But I feel like a deeply, deeply competitive person. And I've only... Yeah. Yeah.
52: So did you always see him kind of going into entertainment or what was that prediction on your end as to where he would end up career-wise?
27: Honestly, I just always knew he was going to be great. Like I
51: still tell him to this day, which he laughs in my face, that like, if this doesn't work out, he can just go be a brain surgeon. And I truly believe he could. Like, I really think he's just like that
30: smart and great at everything. He's kind of just He's kind of
31: just
1: awesome at everything he does. Again, it sounds,
27: that sounds like I'm being weird. I I really think that that's very, yeah, that's, that's the, that's that's untrue. And yeah, that's part of her, her and my mother's uh, want to tell me that all the time is actually a burden that I'm, I've been trying to shake since I was three years old, which is like, you guys have to stop telling me I'm the smartest, greatest boy that's ever lived from the time I'm two. Or then I try to seek that from the world. And anything less than that is obliteration to me. Um, So now I just nod and smile when they Mm -hmm. tell me that. But it's very sweet. And I know know she actually does believe that, which is very sweet. Yeah. Um, But it's very not true.
1: Um, But once he started doing the plays, it was like, oh, my God, you have to keep
19: doing this. You just have to. I mean, he was so good at acting and so creative. And then
20: once he started performing
19: um, and doing the comedy stuff, just everything that he writes just feels... Yeah, I mean, right when he got started, it felt like, oh, of course, this
27: is
17: what you need
52: to be doing. Uh, She also mentioned that you at one point got really into magic. Sure. So, what sort of sparked that?
27: Probably just being a loser and thinking, why not just complete the vision of myself? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I'm already down here, so unappealing to women and my peers. I might as well start doing magic. No, Um, like I don't know. I just liked it. It was probably performative. There's also something fun about it. I also like math and tricky puzzly things. And there's like magic sort of blent the world of like theater and performance and puzzles. And again, just repulsion to everyone around you. You know, it also. Yeah. I don't know. Do you, I still love magic.
52: Do you feel like you were repulsed or people were repulsed by you? No, <laughs> no. You? I,
27: I think it was. No. And, you know, I, I, I was somewhere where it's like, you know, probably the coolest kid in class was doing magic. Um, but yeah, I I felt, I felt uncool, not uncool. Yeah. I mean, a dork, nah, that word is, that word's become something else. Um, I I was just like a passionate little dork.
52: Okay. So you had like your specific interests that you were very into.
27: Yeah. Just like theater and magic. And I have friends where I look back, I'm like, man, you were cool. Like you, you were cool at 12. Um, it's not, not about being cool. Like you were cool necessarily to those around you. Um, yeah, I would, I would just always, uh, yeah, just had eccentric interests. Yeah.
52: I think there there is something cool about being a young person and liking what you like and Mm. not being, you know, concerned if that's necessarily like the coolest thing. I think that gets cooler and cooler in hindsight as you get older. You're like, Oh, I was confident.
27: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. You know, in hindsight, I wish hindsight did, did, did worked on magic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it just isn't working for me. It's immune. I mean, Spengali decks and and foam rabbits are not really helping. Um, you know, they're not getting any better in the rear view. But no, I had a lot of fun, and it's like
52: I I guess I I sort of understand where you're coming from as well because I am an only child, and both mm-hmm. of my parents just think I am the bee's knees. They mm-hmm. just love it. Uh, they think I'm great, and then so when I go into things, I'm like so. That was great. It was great, and it's like, yeah, oh, I, yeah. it. oh, I, I, want everyone to think that I'm as good. Yeah, the as
27: world's as not your parents. Yeah,
52: yeah, <laughs> brutal. Well, yeah, no, but it really is. No, <laughs> yeah. but I'm
27: not even saying that. Like, yeah, I, I, that's a realization for me, and like, it's, it's, it's a realization for a lot of people. In, mm-hmm. I think we're vaguely the same generation. Yeah. like on either side of it, and like, yeah, we, we, we do need a lot of. It's, it's. It, it's not necessarily that the love and the, and the affirmation is the issue. It's that the lack of the other, like, w- there, there, there's some value in having, like, a psychological thing to overcome, to look at your parents mm-hmm. and go, I'll show you, and, like, run out into the world to prove something wrong, uh, and to not have anything to push back against, and to feel like it is hard. It, mm-hmm. it, it's not, it's not more difficult, but it has another type of problem. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's it's a strange thing to have the privilege that sounds like we did of, of, of being supported.
1: That concludes the best of Forever Dog 2018. You can find all the podcasts mentioned in this episode at foreverdogpodcasts.com. You can also subscribe to them on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And if you have a chance, please leave your favorite shows a rating and review and let them know you like what they're doing. It not only helps more people find out about our podcast, it's also very appreciated by our podcasters and our production team. Speaking of which, you can follow us, Forever Dog, on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, for the latest news and updates. We have a lot of exciting new shows coming your way in 2019, so stay tuned for that, as well as amazing new episodes by all of your favorites from this episode. So thank you very much for your support, for listening, and we'll see you in 2019!